for Chris, Cindy, and JC. It's going to be the best night of their lives. But tonight is also the night of the creeps. From a world unknown comes a nightmare unimagined. First, they are under you, around you, on you, and then inside you. They get into your mouth and you walk around while they incubate, even if you're dead. They are a new terror. They are a different kind of horror. Zombies, exploding heads, creepy crawlies. We could have a little problem. The creeps are taking over. I got good news and bad news, girls. The good news is your dates are here. What's the bad news? They're dead. You have never had a night like this. Night of the Creeps. If you scream, you're dead. This episode of the podcast Under the Stairs is brought to you in conjunction with Legion Podcast Network. Check out the podcast Under the Stairs and many other shows over at legionpodcast.com. Welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. Hi everyone and welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. This is bonus episode number 26. It's Christmas Eve, motherfuckers. That's right, jingle bells and all that shit. Um, this is an annual tradition. This is the third year we, we have done this. It is a movie commentary. Now you're either listening to this as an audio only file and you have your version of Night of the Creeps ready to sync up the play buttons and listen to myself and my guest ramble all sorts of incoherent nonsense and drunken ramblings that's right i've been drinking ladies and gents over the top of this movie either that or you have secretly hacked the matrix and you're using the code that i posted um along with the with the other posts on the social media which gives you a link to a audio visual clip a video clip where myself and my guests are talking over the movie that you're watching which is wholly distraction uh, distracting and i apologize for it um the baz was supposed to do this episode with me he is now a new parent again of a very small child who in the last episode that you heard described him as a soul vampire and this is why he's not sleeping and aging horribly uh, but the bass could not get the time to do it so I had to put out a request to a couple of safe pairs of hands um, unfortunately one of those safe pairs of hands turned out not to be so safe uh, so Danny Trioxin is not going to be joining me but if you're losing one guy you need that other guy to be Not only stalwart, but a personality that can encompass seven people on the end of the line. And that is the guy that we have here for you. He is my colleague over on Duncan and Bo, come correct. We've just finished Duncan and Bo, go to Westworld, uh, so check that out. But he is um, also one of the guys behind Schadenfreude Gaming. He hosts the Hero Hero Go show and is the mastermind behind Legion Podcast Network. He is the fantastic fantastic and I would like to say very very close friend personal friend um, of mine Mr. Bo Ransdell how you doing sir howdy sexy bitches that was terrible 
See, well, if Baz can't be here, I figured I'm sort of the uh, like southern corn fried version. You're, you're the you're the <laughs> you're the the American Baz. Is that what you're telling me? I, I like to think so. Well, you uh, dr- you drink like them, so that's okay. Yeah, yeah, I do. Uh, th- thank you. Although uh, you describe me like the trailer for that new M, Sh- M. Night Shyamalan movie, Split, <laughs> of like, there are so many personalities, and James McAvoy at some point is going to be all of them. Um, <laughs> I'm not I'm not sure that that movie's going to be good, Duncan. <laughs> I, I think want it might it, be bad. I want it to be good. I have heard, like, Mark from the Midnight Horror Show said it was not good. And that that can upset me, but um, he also listed off some of the Shyamalan movies that he does not like, and he, he is wrong about those Shyamalan movies. So the, the ones he said he didn't quite like, I really liked. So if that sets our tone for Shyamalan, then there is a chance I really like James McAvoy, and that's what's selling it for me. James McAvoy, great Scottish actor, and very few things I've seen him in. Even when the movie's been bad, I think McAvoy's great in them. Um, so I agree. I'm, I'm kind of excited to see, even if even if it is like the, the way I like. The, let me put it across this way. Um, both myself and you uh, and yourself uh, love we hate movies. We we do. Me pod. and you self. Yeah, both. yeah. You you self. That's the name of my uh, spiritual help guide coming out next year. Um, it's, it's in the process of being written, and it's myself, you self. Yeah, um, yoga mat not included. Y- you're going to need one, but <laughs> not for the reasons you think. <laughs> so you could wear it like a hat. <laughs> like a lot, of pe- a lot of people just sitting there like Marge Simpson with these fucking huge yoga mats wrapped up over their head. Um, I, I swear to God, if I see any pictures online of that coming out of Scotland, I'm going to know that you've started a cult. It's me. I, I was behind the cult. I was behind the cult. Um, it involves a lot of alcohol and like weird hair products and DIY <laughs> in that order and I've also secretly invested in yoga mats so <laughs> you're just riding that wave riding that wave That's, to victory yeah insider <laughs> insider cult trading is uh, technically legal I think I think that's fine I don't think anyone's going to look at that um, <laughs> no. no one's looking they? at that but I, I think like McAvoy has the potential to deliver a performance in line with the creepy side that we hate movies put forward about Mrs. Doubtfire. You know where they're like, they're like yeah. Mrs. Doubtfire is like a serial killer, and um, like, this guy's a psychopath and all the rest, and he dresses up like a woman. It's terrifying. There are clips of James McAvoy in that trailer dressed like. He looks like a young Mrs. Doubtfire. He looks like he's, oh, hello there, dearie. You know what I mean? So, you know, I'm a, I'm a hip-hop granny that can bebop, dance till you drop. You know what I mean? That's, that, I'm pretty good at that. I know I'm pretty you good are, at that. I, you might actually be Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> I don't, Ooh, I don't hello have evidence there. of the country. It's like, yo ho ho, make a wicked cup of cocoa, you wicked monkey. Um, so, like, I think he, like there's potential for it to be really fucking dark. Like, really, really, really dark. And in a way which is more than just, like, camp dark, but actually, as in, this is unnatural, it's unrealistic, and it's it's terrifying because it also, at the same time, could potentially happen. Um, 
And that's where I stand with that movie. I can't wait to see it. I'm wholly expecting to walk in and be completely disappointed. But I, I said I that just, with a visit, and I, I, I know me and you differ on the visit, but a kid's face gets wiped with a, a shitty diaper, a male diaper. You have never, sir, heard me say a bad word about that scene. No, never about that scene, but you weren't overly sold in the movie. No, no, but any movie that has that scene already gets a couple of points on oh, the bow scale. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> a kid getting a, like an adult diaper full of shit rubbed in his face. Yeah, instantly I was like, that bow's going to love this. <laughs> yeah, this movie is at least a two at that point. <laughs> <laughs> and if the title isn't misspelled, that's a point too. Uh, <laughs> he's surprised how often that happens. Uh, but I'll, all right, here's the, the James McAvoy danger, though, as I see it. Mm-hmm. is anytime an actor plays a young child, like a uh, a young child in a grown-up body, yep. and or a mentally handicapped person, <laughs> you are <laughs> tap, dan- dance, tap dancing on a landmine. <laughs> to never go full retard, is that what you're saying? Yeah, because <laughs> what I've seen in that trailer was like, I don't know about that. That might just not be a great performance. And a lot of times, I don't necessarily blame the actor for that. I, I, I think that... M. Night Shyamalan has a a track record of drawing bad performances out of otherwise good actors. But I, I I I just don't see McAvoy doing that. I don't know what it is. I he's like a safe pair of hands for me. He's like a really safe pair of hands for me. I would have said the same thing about Paul Giamatti until I saw Lady in the Water. Uh, I, I, yeah, Giamatti's not good in that. Mm-mm, I, no, he's I not. Love but... Giamatti. I will watch Giamatti make sushi. Yeah, <laughs> tomorrow on a on a video, like for an hour, I will sit and watch that because it's Paul Giamatti, and that movie is not good, and his performance is not great. No, but even a throwaway part like something uh, from uh, John dies at the end. Yeah, like Giamatti's great in that. He's, and fucking he's in it for phenomenal five in that movie. Yeah. He's like he, we spoke about. In fact, funnily enough, last year in December, me and you spoke about that movie, and I think a good fifty percent of what we loved about that movie was Giamatti. I'm just trying to get some soy sauce, man. <laughs> That's a, it, that is not Paul Giamatti. That is actually an impression of my brother doing an impression of Paul Giamatti, and he's not very good at it. <laughs> so that's how that's how I get out of that. I envy your family. See if I like see if I went to any of my brothers and said Paul Giamatti, they would assume it was an Italian restaurant. So <laughs> like, where, where are we going? Do we have to book to get in? Do we have to reserve seats? But no, oh, he's, Giamatti's. He's, oh. <laughs> he's an actor. I was like, I had a Giamatti's pizza last night. It's a bit heavy on the sauce. I'm like, soy sauce? Soy sauce? No, you don't get that, do you? Um, so, yeah. <laughs> Motherfuckers. <laughs> I envy you, sir. Uh, well, I envy us both, Duncan. <laughs> do you envy us both because you are here to chat about now, this is weird because like obviously like this has come out of a, a circumstance which has afforded me the opportunity to extend an invitation for someone else to do a video commentary every video commentary I've done on this show has been with the Baz who couldn't make it but I, I, th- this is a like I know just like me and you have been podcasting and I, I would like to see friends now for a good couple of years yeah, yeah, yeah. and we've never spoke about this movie which is weird because I really like it, even though I've not seen it in years, but I know that you love this movie, so... It's it's one of my favorite movies. And, and I don't mean, like, this is one of my favorite horror movies. This is one of my favorite movies, period. 
I love Night of the Creeps. You were talking to the right guy about this movie. <laughs> I just don't know why we've never spoke about it. Like we spoke I, about so much other shit. Like the, there are hours and hours of podcast out there where we talk about other shit, um, and we talk about things we love, but we have never spoke about Night of the Creeps. It's weird. I was waiting for you to bring it up, and then <laughs> after a while, when you didn't, it hurt my feelings. <laughs> but I didn't want—I didn't want to hurt you. <laughs> by bringing it up and telling you that you would hurt me because I know you wouldn't want to. I'll give you a funny uh, story, Bo, because <laughs> something that something that likens to the, to this. Um, like many, are you going to give to the Magi this? All right. <laughs> very very kind of a very young Duncan started working in the public sector. I I, I had a job with uh, Sterling's um, Council. I don't know what the equivalent is over in America, like like public sector council work. I don't know if that's the same thing in America. I like, don't know what you call it anyway, but it's basically you're working for the the, the town council, so to speak. And um, a councilman, I think, or council person. Yeah, it, it, it was basically uh, I, I was, for all intents and purposes, a civil servant, and um, it was the very first proper job I had. I had plenty of jobs in retail before, but this was the first quote-unquote proper job, and uh, it was on the the front desk of um, this very old listed building in, in Stirling where all the, the local elected councillors sat and all the like the, the heads of that council, chief executive and things like that, all, all stayed in this building. And I was, for for lack of a better word, receptionist, um, but did bits and bobs for other things. And very early into, there, um, into that job, I got introduced to the chief executive of Stirling Council, a guy by the name of Keith Yates. And lovely guy, like really, really personable. Would always say hi to you when he came in the morning. In the morning, but the first time he spoke to me, um, he got introduced to me, and he was interested. This is Duncan. He's just started here. Oh, nice to meet you, Duncan. Fantastic. Thank you. Everything's great. And then about two days later, he started calling me Chris. <laughs> okay. For no reason at all, he just started calling me Chris, and I never corrected him, like, because I was like, he is like. He's the top of the tree. I'm the bottom of the tree. I'm not going to correct this guy. So he started calling me Chris. And I thought, he's probably, it's maybe a mistake. I, you know, that'll change the next day, Chris. Um, two weeks later, Chris. Uh, five weeks later, still Chris. <laughs> and then it became a, like an ongoing joke for other people that I'd heard him call me Chris. So I had like a manager who would phone me and when I answered the phone, would ask to speak to Chris because this was this was hilarious, right? It was wholly wholly embarrassing for me. So I'd been there about six months, and there was a this is a long story, but I'd been there about six months, and um, there was a, like a parliamentary election, and I was I was part of the employees that was allowed to do the count. So you stay up late, you count the votes out. It goes to it goes to like a, an official count, and it's all mentioned out on the on the TV and all the rest and I was there doing that and you arrive you do a certain amount of work and then you go for like a kind of impromptu breakfast about 2 in the morning and so we're all out having breakfast I was having like a, a bacon roll a uh, glass of orange juice and I'm standing there and my manager beckons me over purely to take the piss out of me because he's standing with both the director of the service that I work for but the chief executive and I walk across and the chief executive says to me ah Duncan this is no said ah Chris sorry Chris um, 
this is, uh, it's been a busy year for you, starting to work in uh, local government and um, doing some excellent work. People tell me how great you, you know, you're doing on that desk and now look at you, you're, you're working on your first election count. I mean, a very exciting year for a young guy like yourself, isn't it? And I decided in my infinite wisdom board that this was the time to correct him and I went, Duncan. No, it wasn't. <laughs> it was not. I said, I said, Duncan, Tom. And he looked at me with a puzzled look as if to say, that is not the answer to the question I've asked you. Um, and he went, excuse me? And I went, my name's Duncan, it's not Chris. And then the sinking realisation on his face when he's like that, how long have I been calling him Chris when his name's Duncan and why has this motherfucker not said anything? <laughs> and now I am shamed in front of people that are subordinate to me and the chain of command who are standing beside me and this young upstart that I just paid a compliment to stood in front of me and mocked me openly and made me look like a cunt. And he went, he just kind of looked at me and my reply to make him feel better was if it makes you feel any better you've only been calling me Chris for a week he knew I was lying Bo I knew I was lying everyone standing there knew I was lying from that day forward when he came into the building all he said was hi I had no first name after that yeah. I lost the privilege of first name after that <laughs> you were you were just anonymous asshole to him like literally from I, then on yeah I, I'd like, I'd like, from that point onwards I was just another face before that I was a face with a name he relegated me I relegated myself by waiting too long to say something never wait too long to say something if someone ever doesn't like ladies and gentlemen out there if someone gets your name wrong correct them there and then do not wait six months and then do it in front of their subordinates. Which I shouldn't be telling you, if you don't fucking know that, then like maybe you shouldn't be listening to this show. I don't know. Yeah, also listeners, be sure you breathe in oxygen and exhale carbon dioxide, not the <laughs> other way around. <laughs> Fuck you, Paul. <laughs> Come on my show. <laughs> on my podcast, Bo. Hey, look, no one forced you to tell a humiliating personal story. Um, that was your choice. Yeah, I've been drinking. That's what happens when you drink. When you drink, you tell stories that you then realise that I could edit this out. I'm not going to. People are going to hear it and laugh anyway. Trust me, whatever stories I come away with, the Baz is told worse on this show. So I'm safe. I have that buffer. I'm like, I can tell this really personal, embarrassing story because it's not as bad as the time that Baz was 16 playing hockey and his cock fell out of his shorts and he ran around with his cock flapping about the place. Yeah, that's clearly worse. That's clearly worse. So yeah, I mean, we... <laughs> on a personal level, yours was more of a professional suicide. Oh yeah, I'm, I don't work there anymore. And to be honest with you, <laughs> I, I, I worked there for a year afterwards and it was miserable. So um, yeah, <laughs> like and. <laughs> And thus, Night of the Creeps. Night of the Creeps, yeah. So, like we, like I say, I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this because, like, we've never spoken about this, and I know how high you hold it, and um, and your movie list of all time, bow movies, you know, movies that you always watch. But before yeah. we get to that, um, very, very quickly, I, there's a couple. I obviously gave you a huge introduction. You are, regardless of what you say, deserving of that huge introduction. Um, you're a busy guy. We do a lot of stuff together. I am. I'm not saying this because I am half canned, and trust me, I am half canned. Um, I genuinely think you're fantastic. What you do, I think your shows show very much the sort of 
the scope of your personality, I think the fact that you do the video game stuff, the fact that you do the stuff with me, but the fact that you're also now the host of a podcast that's back on its second season and just killing it, every episode just killing it on Hero Hero Go Show. Um, I'm very proud to call you a friend. Um, and like I say, I think... Like, Hero Hero Go Show, I think, is just, like, one of those... It's like a diamond in the rough of podcasting. I think it's, like, there's really, really cool concept. There's really cool idea. I've had the pleasure of guesting on it a few times. But it's, like, it's a passion project for you. And the amount of detail you put into it, the amount of research, and just the amount of fun every recording sims is is clearly a testament to, to your love of the genre and your hard work. You are about halfway through that season now. Um, can you tell us what we can expect in the second half of that season? And um, I like just tell us a bit more about Hero Hero Go Show. The last time I had you on, it was about to come back, so things have changed since then. Yeah, uh, first of all, you son of a bitch. This is what After I do. mocking you, yep, for you to say such nice things about me, you're a cunt. On my show, and, everyone thinks it, and and play on my Catholic guilt. <laughs> you son of a bitch! Now I won't sleep. Uh, no, thank you uh, so so much. And I mean, I yeah, I mean, obviously the the feeling is mutual. I mean, we mm-hmm. the reason we get along so well is because we're both crazy. This and, is true. And, and it's yep. the same kind of crazy where it's like, you know what? We should be doing more podcasts. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I have, you know what I realize now? I have an extra hour a week. I don't know how I achieved that extra hour a week. You know what would be best served in that extra hour? A podcast. Yeah. How, how can I put a, a show on in a week uh, or in <laughs> an hour a week? How can I make that a show? Um, yeah. It, well, and in, in here, here we go. Show, you're right. It is, it is definitely a, a passion project. It was something kind of born from two things one is i loved japanese horror films and and asian films overall but specifically uh a lot of japanese films and i loved them and and that was coupled with the fact that i didn't know as much as i felt like i should about it Mm -hmm. um and (laughs) if you'll indulge me one second so you and i have seen uh what is referred to in the scientific community as a shit ton of horror movies and the older I get, and fuck if I ain't getting old, uh, but I get a little jaded when it comes to horror movies because I've seen so damn many that it's hard for movies to surprise me. And and by virtue of that, my engagement with a lot of horror movies tends to be real, real detached in a way that it didn't used to be. And so I, I had to turn to Asian horror um, as a, and it could have been anything in, in fairness. Like I could have gotten into like Canadian flutists or something, <laughs> but what it was, it was just like, I, I wanted, I wanted, I was enjoying Asian horror films a whole lot more because they were surprising to me because I didn't understand them completely. Mm-hmm. And when you don't understand them completely, it, it does come across as surprising. And, and also they get labeled as just being weird, mm-hmm. you know? And so when I first started doing the show, it was really just to talk about how weird and crazy these movies were. And as the show has gone on, it's become more and more about like, you know what? All of this stuff comes from a cultural place. There is there the stuff that we chalk up as as just being like weirdo Asian horror stuff is actually in context, not 
quite so weird. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes it is. Like, like Robo Geisha is a weird movie, <laughs> and and there's no getting around that. But but there's also movies that you know, like uh, the Sion Sono stuff, like Suicide Club and that kind of thing that that can be uh, chalked up to just being merely strange weirdo auteur sensibilities or whatever. Um, it turns out are actually very much, you know, sometimes political commentary, sometimes uh, social commentary, whatever it happens to be. And so the show has become much more about that, of, of like picking apart the movies and saying this is where this stuff comes from and why in the context of the movie that makes it, you know, terrifying or relevant culturally speaking or or uh, whatever it is and, and to edutainment. Duncan is what we shoot for all the time mm-hmm. on Duncan and Bo come correct. Mm-hmm. And and it's that kind of thing of like I at the end of the day, if somebody listens to a particular episode, my dearest hope is that they walk away from that episode um A, not thinking I'm an asshole, and B that they've learned something about a movie that maybe they've seen and didn't look at a certain way or uh have never seen and you know, are inspired to go see it in the, in the best of all worlds. That's what happens. And, um, yeah. So that's a, a, a long way home to say, uh, the show has been kind of growing and evolving, but it, it, it continues to be, um, really satisfying. And I've been doing solo shows, which is intimidating, but so, so far it's been okay. I think you've, you've been nailing it. And, and as someone that recently, kind of undertook this idea of trying to do things solo I I completely share your pain it is not it, it, when you make a flub <laughs> when recording with someone else you can pad it out by that person maybe like jokingly pointing out the mistake you've made and then you laughing it off and when you do a solo podcast you have to edit it out um, which is not fun and it gets frustrating Um but yeah, no, I think I think it's I think, what what I love about Hero Hero Go Show is the fact that every week I will see someone else post about the fact that you know or, or a podcaster post that they listen to the show and they're loving it and it's a great original idea and it's and I, I always come back to this idea of it is a great original idea but most horror fans like at least one Asian horror movie and it surprises me that no one was it that, why is there not a show that looks exclusively at Asian horror cinema? I don't understand that. Um, and you've just, you've cornered that. Anyone, well, let's put it this way, anyone that does it now is just copying you, which is a good place to be in, so. Yeah, bunch of jerks. Um, <laughs> but, but And I'll tell you that, you know, going into the kind of the second half of this season, it's gotten to be a lot more fun because I, I'm not quite as afraid of doing the solo shows. So it's kind of fun to just be able to say, like, hey, I'm going to throw it out there to, you know, the people that I want to talk to about movies and and say, like, hey, this is the movie I want to talk about. And if no one is interested or You'll no one has it, seen yeah. it. Then I can I can just be like ah screw it I'll just do it solo and 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 do kind of a, a weirder different take on it, um, but yeah it's way better to have co-hosts because it's just easier like you can throw somebody a question and just gather your thoughts for a second <laughs> if nothing else and and you don't have that solo but but we're also doing like I'm I'm really uh, getting into some Sion Sono stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Suicide Club and um, X Day Hair Extensions are both going to happen Excellent. on the back end of this season, 
Um, then what was uh, quite on? We're gonna do probably uh, happiness of the categories is gonna come um, at the end of this season. If if no one has snapped it up, I recently bought the Arrow Blu-ray of that, and I've still to open it. So and it's been many years since I've seen it. So if no one if no one is prepared to just just drop me a line, Bo. I'll be there. All right, fair enough. And and I've got to give uh, one quick shout out to uh, Richard Glenn Schmidt. Oh yeah, who, <laughs> Richard's who, awesome. It, it, he is so much fun to have on your show. If you are a podcaster, it, get in touch with me. I'll give you his contact information. You need him on your show. He's he's um, very 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 funny. Uh, hello, this is a Dim Show. Uh, we oh, regularly play his um, his promo, and it is such a fucking good show. And they recently yeah. came over to Legion Podcast Network, and that was one of those, like you know, you know, like when um, like uh, I'm trying to use a sports analogy here, and I'm shit at it. You know where they acquire a new player, and they're like, "This is a great acquisition for the team." That is how I felt when you dropped me a line saying, "Oh, by the way, Hero Hero Gosho signed with Legion," and I was like, "Oh shit, this is like serious, serious." power acquisition for us because they do a style of podcasting that I don't think the great thing about Legion Podcast Network is it is shows that are doing similar content but doing it all in completely different ways so it's really diverse now. it really I mean, is and yeah, I think that's I really the credit like to it. it I think that's where it works really really well is there is literally one show on Legion which will cover pretty much any taste you have whether it's um you know, like specific subgenres of horror, where it's spe- specific voices in horror, like um, Girls Will Be Go is a great example of that. Um, yeah. So yeah. we have all those, we have everything there for you, and the fact that they came over, and Richard, I've had him on a, a few times on the show, and just like a, a complete delight to have on. You're very, very easy to speak to, and knows his stuff on a level which is scary. It's yeah. brilliant. It- yeah, he's and and we've been doing the Tomie movies bonus episodes. <laughs> That's a thankless we, task, honestly. That's yeah, a thankless but, task. Look, there are nine of those goddamn things, <laughs> and they're all kind of the same movie to a point. Uh-huh. And but there are a couple of real winners. In fact, recently we uh, we talked about uh, Tomie Rebirth, which is uh, Takashi Shimizu from Juan and. Uh, and I credit him on the show, in, to, to, in fairness to myself, uh, as the director of Juwan in Flight 9500. You know, let's <laughs> let's not forget. We're not sweeping that under the rug. Um, <laughs> never forget, Duncan. Never forget. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so Tomie Rebirth is the one that uh, Shimizu did, and it's really good. Um and, but it's it's crazy. Like, if you've never read the Junchi Ito Tomie stories, mm-hmm. uh, the manga, I, I recommend that, certainly. And and the movies are... I mean, do I recommend them? I don't know. L- <laughs> like, listen to one of those bonus episodes, and if you're like, I kind of need to see if this movie is something I should watch, then go ahead. The first one's kind of dry. Yeah. Uh, and then after that, they get fucking bananas. Yeah, I, I think I've only ever seen the first one and I never searched out any of the ones after it because I exactly that, I felt it was a bit dry. Yeah, the, the stuff that's fun about the Tomie movies, all right, listeners, buckle in. <laughs> this is what this is what you don't get with your old Uncle Baz. Um, <laughs> get real information, not 
I got kids bullshit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so Tomie is a Japanese love demon, identifiable because she has a mole under her left eye. And Tomie's whole gig is she bombs into uh, somebody's life. She makes all the guys uh, love her and obsess over her until they get so jealous and crazy that they kill her. Mm-hmm. And But she's immortal, so she just comes back again to keep fucking with them. And if you cut her in half or like slice a piece off of her and just bury that part, you grow a whole new Tomie. So... There are movies where you have multiple Tomies all pissed off at one another because Tomies are so self-centered. They don't like other Tomies. And this is the kind of shit I love about these movies. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, the, the most recent one was called Tomie Unlimited, which was uh, directed by uh, uh, Nishimura, who did uh, like Tokyo Gore Police and Zombie Ass Toilet of the Dead. You know, classics, Duncan. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, <laughs> Tomie Unlimited is nothing if not uh, directed by a movie or a movie directed by a guy who also directed a movie called uh, Zombie Ass. So. uh, Sold. Yeah, it's both of those movies are worth seeing. And it pains me to say that. Uh, so, but you, if, if you like Asian horror movies and you like weirdo, like splatter Japanese splatter movies, which I do, they're bananas. Um, yeah. Zombie S is pretty good. <laughs> I need to put on the list. I will need to put on the list. You kind of yeah. sold it to me, Bo. I, you know, it's, it's a see it to believe it kind of movie. Uh, and it's, like with all of these, like Tomie is kind of the same way where it, it sounds a little taboo and conceptually it kind of is, but the execution is almost naive. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't ever feel completely gross, even though it's nothing but fart and shit jokes in that movie <laughs> coupled with zombies. <laughs> and, but there's something kind of charming about it too. It's, it's, it's hard to describe, but they're wonder. Oh, Jeez, I'm going to go into a whole episode of the show because it's like, well, then you get into the pink film influence in those films <laughs> because pink movies aren't really taboo the way that porn is here and blah, blah, blah. So anyway, I'll shut up. Listen to the show. I talk about all that stuff. Yeah, go and check out Hero Hero Go Show exclusive <laughs> on Legion Podcast Network. Right, Night of the Creeps Bowl, 1986. 1986. Oh, that was a good year, Duncan. That's Re- 13 years old for the kid. discovered masturbation a short 18 months before i was five i had discovered drinking three years before (laughs) and started late for scotland did you really shunned for it shunned for it yeah well you're two years old you're two years old and you don't have a drinking habit right well that's where peer pressure is good it steps in and it's like come on Start tipping it up, Duncan. Yeah, li- literally, even my grandparents hated me because I wasn't drinking. Um, <laughs> Rightfully so. <laughs> right, this is written and directed by Fred Decker. Now, the weird thing about this this December listener choice for 2016 on the podcast Under the Stairs is Fred Decker has propped up twice. We did Monster Squad in our first week of December, and now we're back... Um, doing Night of the Creeps and as was pointed out by our good buddy Court Psyops then um, 
There's a lot in Monster Squad, which is just basically the kid version of Night of the Creeps. A lot of the lines are kind of regurgitated, a lot of the themes are regurgitated, and then kind of modified so kids can watch them. So this is a slightly more raunchier, um, more uh, taboo, shall we say. It has Tom Atkins, so that just instantly makes it a fucking classic. But written and directed by Fred Decker, who's currently working on the new Predator movie with Shane Black. Uh-huh. I like that combo. Shane I Black directing re- a Fred Decker script sounds okay really by me. Really can't wait to see that movie. Um, the cast of the movie: Jason Lively, Steve Marshall, Jill Whitlow, Tom Motherfucking Atkins, Wally Taylor, Bruce Solomon, Alan Kayser, Ken Heron, other folks. Uh, synopsis on IMDb: Alien brain parasites entering humans through the mouth turn their hosts into a killing zombie. Some teenagers start to fight against them. So, if you are checking us out on the the video commentary, you need do nothing now because we're going to count you into the movie and you will see it in glorious, glorious video format while myself and Bo talk over the top of it. If this is the audio one though, this is the point where if you don't have the movie in your DVD or Blu-ray player, you need to hit pause and go away and do that and then come back and sit with that finger over the play button and we will count you into that. So ladies and gentlemen, get yourself ready. So we are playing this in three, two, one, go. All right. Oh. They don't do this this anymore, do they? This Pegasus horse thing, do I, they? I, is TriStar even still a thing? I don't even know if it is, man. I don't think it is. I think TriStar is uh, maybe gone now. I'd have to look it up. Although I saw, you know, the Orion logo in front of... Uh, trash fire that's right that actually threw me i thought at first i thought is this like one of these kind of weird kind of in jokes like yeah. cannons supposed to be coming back and i was like someone thought that was a good idea why <laughs> look at this title treatment duncan i all right i i'm a sucker for the uh title slowly assembling alien style yeah you, you're like a fan of the lava lamp effect of title shots yeah i like all of this like i like the scroll i mean it's it's very plain text and everything um but i i still like i like i like everything about this movie you're not going to get a lot of complaints out of me (laughs) tonight uh but so one thing that i wanted to point out uh at least i think this is true Mm -hmm. (laughs) because it is america duncan and that's all you need anymore i think this is post truth is that what you're telling me this show should be called post truth Yes, post-truth, night of the post-truth. But I believe Danny had said he had never seen this version. Yeah, I've never seen the extended uh, director's cut either. Okay, so I have seen, you know, both several times. Uh This is my preferred version because this has a different ending as well. And the beginning and ending bookend the film quite nicely, I think. Oh, so this is a, this has an alternative ending. Yes. All right. I've never seen, ladies and gentlemen, this is an exclusive for me. I've never seen the alternative ending to this movie. So if, if the ending that was the theatrical ending was of uh, the dog and the slug coming out of the dog's mouth. Uh-huh. That is not how this movie ends. Oh, I'm now really excited. I was already kind of excited and kind of drunk, but now I want more. Oh, look, look at this, this dude here. <laughs> 
Uh, I love that. Like this is kind of a, a dopey effect, but I really like it, and I like their little butts. It's little legs that I find very funny. Little legs running. I I don't know why, but it's instantly hilarious to me. Yeah, but I mean, clearly he is slug possessed at this point, <laughs> uh, zombified by by the alien space slugs, and uh, no need yeah, for clothes I, either. Like fuck clothes. It's a it's a more advanced civilization, Duncan. <laughs> the more advanced you get, the more naked you get. So you, are you saying that after like seventeen drinks, when I'm sitting on the couch, I'm at my most evolved? Yes. <laughs> That's good to know. That's what I say to the wife when she's like, <laughs> yes. "Friends are coming over," and I'll be like, "I don't need to put clothes on. I'm evolved." Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's all you need. Bo, do you want to translate some of the aliens speak on the screen? Uh, I think at one point one of them says "shit." That seems fine. I I misread it. I thought he said that his little red pencil case did not have a pencil sharpener. (laughs) Don't think that's right, though. That is incorrect. Uh, Well, uh, you know, my Ferengi is only so good. (laughs) I'm not sure what language they would speak. That was the the weird. I, Klingon didn't seem right for that. I thought you were going to say Scottish, so we'll roll with that. Uh, (laughs) Sorority Row. 1959. Right. And so here it becomes a totally different movie. We start as a science fiction movie. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to be a 1950s B-horror movie for a minute. Yes. And and again, I still love this title treatment. I love the kind of famous monsters font yeah. that they're using with the uh, the titles there. But yeah, so all black and white. Um, and uh, I yeah, I think this looks great. I kind of wish the whole movie... Uh, sometimes had been in black mm-hmm. and white, but mm-hmm. uh, I do like the fact that, um, you know, it, it this movie wears its influences on its sleeve. Yeah, 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 definitely. And uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and point it out now uh, so that I, I don't waste time <laughs> later. So this movie is populated by characters named after uh, horror directors and That's so right. forth. Uh, I did a movie called Lost After Dark, and because I loved this movie so much, I stole that. And I didn't. Uh, in some cases, they were directors. In some cases, they were the names of female leads mm-hmm. in the film. But I totally ripped that off. I was like, if I if I get a chance to make one movie, I'm stealing the the Fred Decker <laughs> u- using director names thing. So Night of the Creeps. Thank you for inspiring me to do something no one cared about. uh there are boobs in this movie but i don't think it happens here yeah it's not in this i don't think it's at this but but it's weird for even for the time frame there is and well i'm saying that the time frame is 86 we're kind of moving away from a lot of the more gratuitous nudity and violence um which almost makes this movie perfectly poised to to get away with quite a lot of the stuff that they do in the movie because it's not going for that kind of slasher aesthetic of, you know, tits and tits and gore, um, which I think works to its benefit. Actually, I think it's one of the reasons, like, the 80s is a weird decade for movies where that is literally just a mismatch of, you know, horror fans who are now directors and horror writers who are, you know, moving on, just picking influences from the 50s, 60s and 70s and just merging them together like a cauldron. Um, and I just watched, you would not see many movies that would do the sort of thing. Final Girls tried it. 
I think Final Girls did it very well with the, the kind of flashback sequences to the yep. 80s um, and the way that this is doing kind of flashback to the 50s and it, it kind of pays like a weird kind of authentically kind of homaged setup for it but it's not necessarily there's not many movies do that and there's not many movies that would get away with doing it either uh, that was the first appearance of Tom Atkins' character Mm-hmm. Uh, as the police officer, the rookie, which we will see in just a moment in one of the great introductions in movie history. Oh, he's amazing. And the whole, uh, like, that whole decade for Atkins is just like the greatest thing ever. Yeah. Could do no wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah. So this kind of, uh, what, uh, a married, a monster from outer space. Uh, I'm trying to think of the influence, direct influences. Uh, it, the terror from beyond. And, uh, I'm trying to think of some of the other fifties, like sci-fi invasion or earth versus the saucer people, shit like that. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, but it's, it's that kind of, you know, almost Z grade sci-fi movie that yeah, Night of like, the creeps is. It's like, boom, like Joe, Joe Dante's movie matinee kind yeah. of takes a similar stance on things when it, when it kind of uh, obviously recreates like those movies, mostly in part even down to dialogue within the clips that they use within that one but it kind of kind of follows in that sort of level um which i'm assuming fred decker must have been a fan of oh for sure i mean even the wardrobe that you're seeing here like the the sweaters and uh, like that is not really how people dressed that's how people dressed on television in the 50s you know and uh, yeah so it's like what I enjoy about this and, and as the scene goes on, you know, we understand that, Oh, the scene is really just <laughs> what lives in his memory anyway, to an extent. Um, but yeah, I, th- I, I think this, like this whole opening sequence is just Fred Decker saying like, Hey, if I get a chance to do this, <laughs> like Some- I'm going to, I'm going to make the movies that I loved when I was growing up. Yeah. Someone's going to pay me money to make a movie and give me a bit of creative license on it. This is going in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. And, and here, of course we have the old urban legend of the, uh, the killer and escaped mental, uh, institution. Mm-hmm. So good Lord. I mean, just throwing references left and right. Uh, but it all kind of works. Like this whole movie is, you know, you you described uh, uh, it as, as this sort of a mishmash of influences, yeah. and it is. Um, but it somehow makes them all work. And yeah, I think it's, that's not what makes, it's not forced. It's not forced. It's done in a way which feels organic, so that the story moves in our, an organic fashion. Where other other movies, especially nowadays, but other movies even in the decade would be like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if we put this in or this sells really well, so we'll do this. And it's not always earned and it's not always merited to put that in. So as a result, what you get out of it is something that is, maybe it has cool sequences, but tonally overall is kind of weird and doesn't feel right. Um, And and Decker gets on point in this movie, like 100% on point in this movie. Uh, if I can point out one other thing we stole for Lost After Dark, uh, the <laughs> dropping the axe into frame uh-huh. there was another thing we ripped off. Um, Not ripped off, paid homage. Paid, paid homage to. Yeah, yeah I, I, you know. Oh, go get. Right in the mouth. Yep. He's a swallower. Oh, um, no. Yeah, the same thing. I've seen for research pur- purposes, uh, 
Bo, for the the dissertation I'm writing on the the urban urban myth that is bukkake. Um, I have studied many videos of women taking it in the mouth, and they all do the same face. It's weird. It's this kind of surprise, oh. shock, and then disgust. Oh, axe to the neck. Mm-hmm. Pledge week, nineteen eighty six. Ah, uh, the heady days of college, Duncan. Look at this. Toilet paper in the trees, <laughs> dr- freely drinking out of silo cups on the sidewalk. That's America to me, Duncan. <laughs> oh, see, can't you see? <laughs> it really, you know, it warms the, the cockles or maybe somewhere between the cockles. <laughs> um, and our heroes. Yep. Uh Man, all right. I'll I'll start talking about uh my love for the JC character right now. Yeah. Um Steve Marshall, who I don't necessarily think is the greatest actor that has ever been on screen, but I think he sells this uh, like somewhat dignified sacrificial kind of character. As well as I've, I think I've ever seen it in a movie. Um, I think he's a wonderful character. I think uh, spoilers when he goes, uh, Duncan, I might cry. Depends <laughs> on how much. Depends on, depends on how much booze I got in me, but that scene will do it to me every time. Both you know I am uncomfortable with tears and any form of emotion, so I'm just letting you know in advance that it will not be welcome on this show. I, I understand that, but when he when he says, "I walked," yeah. Oh, Niagara Falls, Frankie. <laughs> Niagara Falls, Frankie. Um, yeah. And here we have uh, Cynthia Cronenberg. Mm-hmm. No uh, relation. No relation to David. Absolutely none. But our our ingenue, she is. And I, I think this is another great example of the 1980s heroine <laughs> of. Uh, and not, not the pop in the balloon kinds, but, um, just that total girl next door, you know, like th- her outfit in this is perfect. Like she could be in any 1980s movie, like denim skirt, uh, slightly baggy sweater, uh, a little too tan mm-hmm. and you're, you're in any Friday the 13th movie, uh, you know, after number two, the, the question I need uh, to ask you though, are B is better. I know Betas alphas, uh, but I know alphas are awesome. Um, <laughs> I like the fact that somebody put a bra on the Drake sign. <laughs> and was like, "What a crazy party!" You know, because like the set designer had to do that beer tree, which I think is actually pretty awesome it's behind him. Oh cool, yeah, and uh, like all of this stuff. And I uh, trying to remember. I believe that in, uh, Fred Decker had said that placement? this was. Uh, oh my god, the single eyebrow of this guy. It's <laughs> just the best. See, uh, 80s man, there wasn't waxing. Not well, there only was, that. but not on eyebrows. Oh dear god. I, oh my goodness. Neanderthal um, man is amongst us. I'll tell you what, chewing gum while drinking a beer is something I've never been able to do. Oh no, I, I don't know why you'd want to either. It taints the taste of the beer. Unless you don't like beer. Which you might not, because they're college kids. Yeah. And there's a lot of Miller cans floating around this place if you keep an I, eye out. I was like maybe I was in my early twenties before I actually admitted that I actually did like the taste of beer and up until that point I didn't like the taste of beer at all. I thought beer tasted horrible. 
like off water. Um, I was more a more a spirit drinker, you know what I'm saying, Bo over here in Scotland. Girl drink drunk. Beer was kind of like a lesser drink, but uh, I am drinking a very fine product placement on this show. Um, Brewdog Punk IPA. If you don't have Brewdog in the States yet, Bo, you will. And when it comes over there, get yourself a couple of Brewdogs. Brewdogs, the shit. Scottish as well. So you can pretend to be like me. Why you'd want to, I don't know. Uh, it sounds delicious, Duncan. I am uh, conversely having uh, Cell Block C Raisin Wine. What the uh, fuck? <laughs> it uh, made in the finest toilets of Cell Block C. <laughs> their, their motto is, there's only a 10% chance you'll be impotent. So... <laughs> I'll take those odds, Bo. I'll take those odds every day. Yeah. Uh, One step and you're convinced. Um, (laughs) This guy's eyebrow is hilarious. It's pretty great. Uh, And I like the fact that he he outwits him in the dumbest possible way here. But uh, at the same time, some nice character stuff here of like, okay, JC is... he's, He's the comic relief for sure. And I don't necessarily think He's all that funny in this movie. Yeah. Uh, except uh, for him. Uh, is it is it JC or Chris who asks, if you say, oh, my God, that many times in a row, does that count against? <laughs> uh, does that count as taking the Lord's name in vain? I think that might be Chris, but that's a real good line. Monobro. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we start to get some of the relationship between Chris and JC were JC in no way could be Jesus Christ, by the way, Duncan. <laughs> Just saying. In no way does he die to save others. Died. Yeah, I see what you're saying, Bo. I see what you're saying. Um, but he, talk about climbing on the cross. Like, he's trying <laughs> to get his buddy laid, essentially, because he, he believes, like, hey, it's never going to happen for me because of uh, my busted flippers. I mean, we live in a more enlightened age. I don't think that... Mm-hmm. I think it was more of a stigma then than it is now. Uh, but the fact that he's just totally resigned to the fact he's going to die a virgin is kind of sad. This guy looks like a really bad stunt double for Bill Pullman. <laughs> he's like, like bad pill, Bill Pullman. Look at him. Right, it's like it, that uh, multiplicity clone thing where he's like the seventh clone of Bill Pullman. <laughs> Pizza! <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, but I, again, the, uh, another 80s uh, element to this film is there's also this kind of slobs versus snobs element yeah. to this movie where it's like, oh, they're the they're lovable uh, misfits. And the guys who are, let's face it, going to be the real successes in life are the villains of this movie. Uh, I, I, you know. I, I love that in, in this decade, if the internet had existed, you typed in a hazing video, you would get maybe this scene. But in this decade, if you type in hazing video, you see someone getting raped. Um, times have changed, Bo. Yeah, I agree. Changed. We are headed in the right direction, Duncan. <laughs> If 2016 has taught us nothing else, it's that things can always get worse. It's taught us that um, that everything is going to be a okay. Roll on 2017. Mm-hmm. So, 
we are now off to get uh, uh, our hazing on. Mm-hmm. And so they have to go steal a body. Um, That's a ridiculous cop. <laughs> I I was in a fraternity for a bit. <laughs> Where you do? I was. And that is not a ridiculous cup in that <laughs> sense. That is a thing you see a lot. <laughs> Love the fact that the polar bear in the background had not only a, f- a blue fez on, but also held a can of Miller. <laughs> well, sure. It's a party. Everybody's invited. Duncan. When in Rome, Bo. Are you a bearist? No, no, I'm Do a you beta. Not allow bears to your no, parties. No, beta bears always wear fezzies and whole cans of lager. Beta bears are best. <laughs> I think we could all agree. This dude's in everything. He is. Uh, I think of him uh, unlike anyone else on the planet, other than Billy Crystal. I think of him as the brother from Mister Saturday Night. <laughs> And like I said, there are two people on this planet that think of that. <laughs> and uh, but yeah, he's been in oh, all kinds of movies. He's uh, eponymous. What is it? David Paymer? Yeah, David yeah. Paymer is his name. Yeah. So one of those kind of classic character actors that just appears in everything. Always small roles, never huge roles. Doesn't have to be yeah. as really good at what he does, and that's it. Yeah, but but he is like a solid character actor. He's one of the, like one of these days he'll have a whiplash or something. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Oh, oh. oh did I hear something? Five yeah, seconds after been. the door shut. <laughs> uh, so, uh, I do, I do have a note. Remind me when we get to our, uh, janitor character, I will the, uh, the Fred Decker bit about that. Because uh, he does address the what what some would call one of the more famous lines of the movie uh, <laughs> uttered by the janitor. Oh, I love this. I, I, I love the idea of stumbling into a government research project. I, oh. uh, there's un, under no circumstances would it ever happen to me, but I would love for it to. Yeah, I, I love the not only stumbling in it, but secretly trying to break into it and then speaking very loudly in the corridor. <laughs> Yeah, well, I think the movie establishes that they're really shitty at this. Oh, they're terrible. And I, that is one of the reasons I love this sequence. The oh. red, light, red lights flashing in the background. You right, know, that's well, science you, happening. Right, yeah, well, you work with computers, Bo, so you know that this is all scientifically accurate. Absolutely. Everything you're seeing here, uh, completely scientifically accurate. Uh, this has gone through the Neil deGrasse Tyson filter. <laughs> He has called this the most scientifically accurate film. <laughs> uh, and the frost tastefully. <laughs> yeah, covers his dong. <laughs> his little icicle dong. <laughs> I oh, I would love this. I think that's one, another reason I, lo- I secretly love this movie. I want to have a madcap adventure with my... Uh, you know, physically disabled friends. It's one of the reasons I love the X Files. Like early X Files is all like this. You know yeah, I mean? yeah. There, there's always something fun in a movie about like the accidental discovery of something crazy. Mm-hmm. And you know, and these characters, in fairness, immediately get the fuck out as soon as it looks like shit's popping off. And I, I think they're. <laughs> 
like they react appropriately to yeah. the situation up until they're, you know, forced to confront their mistake. So the whole movie is their fault. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, uh, they didn't mean it, of course, but these characters do inadvertently murder dozens of people. Oh, yeah, definitely. I wonder what the real body count in this movie is. I've never counted. Maybe we should do it here. All right. Well, so uh, girlfriend mm-hmm. and uh, boyfriend here, who is no longer really a person. I think we're, we do we count that? I think he's we'll two. Yeah, I think we're we'll going right. two. All right. So right now we have two. Yeah. Right, ladies and All gentlemen, right. keep count with us out there. And, um, we're at two. And as we start drinking <laughs> or continue drinking and our math gets worse and worse. <laughs> It's really up to you listeners to have a real accurate count and then let us know after the fact. Yeah. Every time me and Bo get something wrong to a shot, you may die. Right. Here's another difference in 80s movies. Uh, this guy in an, in a movie today uh, would have worked out for like uh, six weeks before being semi-nude in a scene. <laughs> but when you saw uh, Chris dragging him earlier... He's got big old flabby, mushy tits. Yeah. Just old man tits. You know, I mean, he's not in bad shape or nothing, but he's just not freakishly muscle. No, he's, he's just, he's a normal human being. <laughs> right. Doesn't have an actor's body. He has a human's body. Uh-oh. David Paper, no. And also they froze him with underwear, which I, again, probably not going to Yeah, not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Neil deGrasse Tyson had that one problem yeah. with this movie. Also, also, the dude is frozen and is not alive. Do we need the mood lighting? Or can we just have ordinary lights? I'm going to say we could just have ordinary lights. Look, coming off Westworld, <laughs> I, I say that's pretty reasonable. Do you think Westworld ripped off Fred Decker? I, I think everyone has at one <laughs> time or another. Uh, all right, so that's, that's now three. David yep. Paymer. David Pamer is zombified. Uh, so, spoilers if you've never seen it. Also, if you've never seen this movie before, what are you doing? There may be people out there. That's, I think that's the thing. Like, I was even saying to you, it'd been, it's been several years since I've seen this movie, and it's a movie that I regularly quote and, and talk about how much I love, but I, I, for whatever reason, just haven't seen it in a while. There was a plan a while ago to have uh, Danny on the show for me to do a double bill of this and Night of the Comet. Um, and that, that just never happened. And they're two movies that just like go together like wine and cheese. Um, it's... Yeah. yeah. Speaking it's... of wine, here's JC laying on some wine. <laughs> Trying to help you, man. Don't be an asshole. It, but in fairness, he has a point. Um, yeah, I, so if, if you haven't seen this and you're just listening to us as we go, this is actually a very poignant scene between the, the two characters where we, uh, we learn that, you know, JC treats Chris like a brother and is willing to, to sacrifice himself and his own happiness for him, which of course, uh, comes into play later in the movie mm-hmm. because this is a good script and things pay off. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> remember, remember when that was just like, a, I, I, like a given in movies. Right, that if you if you plunk down your hard-earned money to see a movie, uh, if they laid something down in the first act, you were pretty much guaranteed. And well, and it was also the problem with movies is that they became incredibly predictable. Yeah, 
And then you have to have somebody like a Tarantino come along and really shake that kind of shit up. And then everybody copies that, but doesn't understand the point of yeah. why you're doing it differently in the first. Oh, all right. Shut up, Duncan. Oh, look, I'm behold the majesty. I'm a cool guy, Bo. I have a podcast. I have several podcasts. I have people out there that, that listen to me weekly. And I will tell you right now, I will never be Tom Atkins. And, oh, oh, hello. Fred Decker is literally ripping off the edits from Jaws. Of course The beach is. scene at Jaws. Love it. Oh, my goodness. Ah. I like the way he took oh. his sunglasses off. It was amazing. Uh-oh. I I love everything about this sequence. It tells you everything you need to know about this character in, what, two minutes? But that's, that's how good character development is supposed to happen. You're not supposed to spend hours developing a character. A couple of minutes to set his, his motivation, his backstory up is enough. Also, I believe he is reading Raymond Chandler there, huh? uh, which is never going to improve your mood if you're heartbroken. <laughs> uh, That's that real man's apartment. Look at it. Yeah, it's nothing but Dashiell Hammett uh, is back Jack there. Jack Daniels in and, a, and a fan that's on for no reason at all. I, I think he might be based on a noir-style character, Duncan. I think you're probably right. <laughs> I did not know we're in New Orleans. <laughs> Maybe we and, are. And we glossed over it, but of course, the the incredibly iconic uh, greeting from Tom Atkins in this film, Thrill Me. Thrill Me. Uh, Greatest opening line ever. Mm. Bill McComas. <laughs> 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 it's just fucking great. Look at you. I, yeah, it, I mean, I almost feel bad talking over this because nothing we say is going to be half as good yeah. as what Tom Atkins is laying down every second he's on screen in this movie. Like, his his partner here looks like a cross between fucking like Don Cheadle and fucking what's his face from Lethal Weapon? Danny Glover. <laughs> Danny Glover, look at him. <laughs> He's standing clever cross with Don Chino. Well, and we've got the uh, medical examiner eating the sandwich. Oh, of course. That old chestnut. Um, so two steps away from naked gun, honestly. It really is. Like, Fred, De- and, and I think that's kind of why the movie works, is it because it it uses every stereotype as the stereotype. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's just like, well, here you go. This is, this is your embattled detective. Who oh, is, you oh. know, heartbroken over his young lover. And that's it. That's the whole character. And, you know, here in a minute, we're going to learn how suicidal he is, which just makes him more awesome in my mind. But <laughs> he's, he's currently he's currently berating uh, a shite Paul Reiser. Um... <laughs> or or a pretty good Mac Davis. <laughs> <laughs> if this was a poster for North Dallas 40, that guy could be on it. Uh-oh. Uh so yeah, our our uh Atkins has just got his chest out. Look at him. He's peacocking <laughs> right now. That chest is proud. Stuck I, out. 
from 1976 until 1990, I think Tom Atkins was in a perpetual peacock state. I, don't I think, think he could. I think there. he could have been a, a lot bigger than he was. Actually, I think he he got maybe typecast pretty quickly into a specific sort of role, which he was very good at. But very much like I think Bruce Campbell could have been a list star had he just been given that break. I think Tom Atkins could have got exactly the same way. His 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 filmography at times is ridiculous in terms of the movies, which is just like, that's a great movie. Oh, that's right, Tom Atkins has this tiny role in it. But at the same time, there are some titles on there that are awful. And you're like, yeah, well, why is he this, doing this movie? You know what I mean? Yeah, well, he was a working actor. But this is weird. I, I think, after mentioning it earlier, I kind of think of this as the oh. Tom Atkins whiplash. Like, yeah, yeah. he steals this movie. Oh, he's amazing in this movie. And but then I says, always think I always think he's like for the the limited time he's in the fog. I think he's fucking amazing in the fog as well. Just this like really sleazy guy that should not be in that movie and should not be sleeping with Jamie Lee Curtis ever. But it's Tom Atkins, which makes me think I can get like a supermodel somewhere down the line. My wife doesn't listen to this, so I can say that. Also, uh, just to keep the plot points coming. Uh, we're storing brains in the basement, Duncan. Brains. No way that's going to come into play later. We won't need them. It's a precaution. No. <laughs> it is a wasted line because this movie is full of oh, wasted moments. Hello. Uh, this, is of not wasted a wasted, moment. this is not a wasted moment. No, no. Keep on the mirror. This is not the ring. Keep on the mirror. Where's she going? She, that is an awful outfit. It it is, but uh century. I don't know. It's kind of sexy. No, Bo, we need to speak. It's... Say, oh, you put the glasses on those big butterfly glasses. It's, it's game now, over, isn't it? It's game now over. We're talking. I need a tissue. Uh, it's, well... it, it, it's my love of Blair from the Facts of Life. <laughs> uh, nice fake up scare, uh, fake out scare coming up here. Yeah. As we edit between the uh, the footsteps approaching the house, the camera tightening on the doors, uh, master of suspense Fred Decker brings you Night of the Creeps. He's not done a lot actually, in the grand scheme of things, he really like as a director has not done nearly as much as he should have done. Yeah, it's it, it really is a shame, and you know, but two of his three movies. Mm are great are, 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 to me are synonymous with 80s kind of horror like both Monster Squad and Night of the Creeps are what I think are great examples see if someone said to me like sum up decades and I had to choose maybe five movies to sum up a decade if I had to sum up the 80s there would be at least one Fred Decker movie and my A's one, just to yeah. describe what the A's were like. Just I, I genuinely think he he captures that decade perfectly in this movie. Just like what a lot of the movies were doing, he just he nails it spot on. And then you expect like he obviously got very comfortable doing writing, and has obviously had many writing credentials. But um, bloody good director, like really good director. Today's yeah, it's that one. Like okay. We're going to do this for a second and a half. Let's go. Yeah, no more than a second and a half or Tipper Gore will be on us. 
Uh, I, I'll tell you the one of the best double features that you can ever treat yourself to. You tell me that. This and Reanimator. Oh, Crampton. Don't even get me started. Don't even get me started, Bo. But they're both, they're very different movies, but they are both perfect examples of 80s horror. Yeah. For totally different reasons, but I think that that's what makes it work. And also, you can knock both of those out in three hours. Yeah. Also, both bear a resemblance to an updated idea of that kind of B-movie, 50s kind of sci-fi horror. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Uh, they're like really uh, well updated. Hello. And, uh-oh. Not the vagina and the head. No. Head vagina leading to <laughs> black dildos running away. Black actually, dildos. <laughs> I, I actually really love the effects of the slugs moving. I think that really works. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's one of the things that's held up best. Oh, Here it comes. Right. Look at him. Every time he's on screen. Just... You'll Could never he... smoke a cigarette as cool as that. Look at him. No. No. He's like a bitch in Colombo. Look at him. Uh, one more. Oh, what? Stop and smell the roses. Uh, my understanding, this was Tom Atkins' uh, suggestion. Of course it is. He's a yeah. fucking badass. I'll fix that jacket a little bit. Here yeah, nice, nice one shot following him to the crime scene. Right, I like all the, of this. I'll not need to look at this long. Give me a... What do we have here? You're still eating. <laughs> Hello. Mm. <laughs> Fucking love it. <laughs> Another thing that pays off later, the house mother's cottage built, uh, <laughs> built since the last time, uh, Tom Atkins was there <laughs> for no <laughs> suspicious reasons. Duncan just happened to be by yeah. back says- then cottage wasn't there. No big deal. No big deal at all. Don't sweat it. Um, he knows something, uh, Bo. He knows something. Look at that pathos. They look like people. <laughs> Such a good movie. Mm, it, it really is. Uh, I like that movie a whole lot. I think that's probably that. I, I think it's safe to say that's probably a lock of my top ten this year. Oh, definitely. Uh, I think it's a lock of my top five this year. Really like that movie. Yeah, I don't know about that. I mean, it's it's real good. I like that movie a lot. We spoke about this before. This guy always loves to like tap him on the shoulder a couple of times. Say I'm too old for this shit. <laughs> yep. Uh, <laughs> And I like the fact that Tom Atkins, throughout this movie, does not appear to be listening to the people around him. Oh, no, not at all. He's in his own thrill-me world. Yeah, he's got he's got shit going on upstairs. He is the mayor of thrill-me. Yeah. Oh, man. He is. <laughs> Thrill-me-opolis. Uh, <laughs> thrill-me-opolis. Sign me up. <laughs> I love that the headlines are just not as to the point as this is right now. Headless uh-huh. corpse found in front of <laughs> Telehouse all you need so uh you know having lived through the 80s i've said this before but i like i have a lot of fondness for a lot of the movies of the 80s uh but i don't think this whole cloth nostalgia for the 80s is appropriate well Uh, now or then 
Um, now, now, because at the time, uh, you know, you're you're just living you're, through you're the years. Them. You know? Yeah, yeah. And when you look back on it, it's like, man, there was so much terrible shit happening. Yeah, but people don't do that. See, like, see yeah. when you see when you go on vacation, Bo. You only ever remember the good parts of your vacation. You don't remember the hassle it took to get to this. So you, the taxi driver charge you too much or the fact that your hotel didn't have your room rate. You never remember these things. You always remember all the good things you do. And as humans, we're predisposed to do that. We like to moan about things, but we, when it comes to Uh-oh. memories, we like to reminisce good things. Oh, you bad... bad. One of the all-time asshole moves in film. Yeah, you never right. do that. Never do that. Sorry to interrupt, Duncan, but come on. Come on. He's like, y'all saw him, he had a gun. Um, <laughs> literally what he's like. He's literally Pick up the crutch. <laughs> Pick up the crutch. I'm just here for some kingdom, mister. <laughs> Bill Hicks, man. Every- oh, look at that. Ah, everyone's- yep, that is worth it, ladies and gentlemen. 1980s worth- elaborate middle fingers, also a thing. Love it. Love it. <laughs> but yeah, like, you always like, we're predisposed to remember good things in our memories as opposed to, because no one wants to focus on bad things. Why would you want to spend your time doing that? Um, and you are right. The eighties gets a lot of mad love, but if you look at it statistically um, at the output from the eighties in terms of horror, it's probably on point as it is now. There are far few really genre defining great horror movies in the 80s as there are now. It's just about the same amount. There's a whole lot of shit in there, but people don't focus on that. Like that. Oh, look at the list of titles. And you're like, that is a great list. But trust me, the 2000s had a great list as well. So, Oh, for sure. Yeah. All right. We finally get our uh, our trio of lead characters. Oh, well, yeah. really, it's a quartet ultimately. But That Asian guy's the- in there, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so this is the beginning of him referring to them as Spanky and Alfalfa. It's amazing. Uh, it's amazing. Which is the only way he ever refers to them in the film. Which I like to just think Tom Atkins didn't bother even learning their names in the script. He's just like, that's what you're called now. And no one argued them. Because <laughs> he's Tom I Atkins. Tom Atkins did not memorize a line for this movie. <laughs> It was just like, I'm going to say whatever the fuck comes to me when the cameras are rolling. How about that, Fred? And Fred I, was I, like, I just you imagine that this brown envelope arrives and it's like, a, it's like a script, which is thick. I mean, we're talking hundreds of pages. It's like, nope. <laughs> it's just like, no, just shows up on set like that. And there's literally like six pages left. And Fred Decker's like, what happened to the script? He's like that. I'm doing six pages. <laughs> That's it. This any, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Any more than that, ad lib. Here oh. It's true. It like destroys him. So, it destroys him. Look, yeah. look at the smile. Like such a dickish move. It's amazing. Yeah, and he like the other thing I love about this character is his nihilism. Yeah. Um, because as we soon discover, he spends most of his time drinking and figuring out how to off himself. <laughs> <laughs> don't we all and he, and he just keeps getting interrupted you know it's like it's like something slightly more important than killing himself comes up mm-hmm. but he's still like a character completely adrift you know 
Um, which is what, what's kind of fun about throwing a noir character in the middle of this movie yeah. is that everybody else is like talking about friendship and what it means to be in love and shit like that. And he's like, I'm just trying to figure out how, how to end all this. He's like, this constant suffering of existence. <laughs> he's like, she walked into the bar. She was crazy. I was crazy. I saw across there, her eyes meant mine. I realized that she'd seen death too. We stared at each other for five minutes and realized we could never be. She left. I cried. <laughs> That's literally him. And then, oh, oh, yeah. Toe tag and it's, everything. It's pretty good. Love toe tag. That's attention to detail right there. <laughs> and I like the fact that he just kind of fucks off right out of there. Yeah. He's, you like, know, he's not murderous. I love it. Look, it's Jones from Police Academy. Mm hmm. <laughs> fucking That's st- a pretty good effect. I like that. <laughs> stuff fucking stuck in him is amazing. So, all right, uh, the Fred Decker thing about this line, uh, he was, if, and again, this is all if memory serves, uh, when I, the last time I watched the director's commentary on this, but he talked about how popular <laughs> that line was. And he was like, the thing is, he didn't have an accent, the actor. <laughs> and he was like, and we never told him to do that. that. He just, he that. just did it. <laughs> Uh-oh. Some that's some great fish string pulling right there somewhere. Fish and roaches like I'll be damned if it doesn't work though. Oh fucking uh, works. Of course it works. For the, I mean for a movie like this where you gotta deal with a bunch of slugs, and there's one like stop motion thing later I think is real good. Hello? Uh well. Hello she there. got legs, she knows just how to use them. And then they start kissing. Um in my dreams, they do every time. All right, so we now. What's our body count up to now? Is that uh, that's four? Uh, four. Or is that five? All right, four, that's four. I think because we Look have David Tamer, yep. janitor, Dave, janitor, a girl and boy. Yeah, that's four. Oh, when the bus happens, we're gonna lose it. <laughs> we'll just estimate. Yeah, we'll, we'll bar, ballpark the bus. Uh, this dude's so, like at like at like a cross. Like I'm changing my mind now. He's like a cross between Christopher Walken from um, the what was the name of the Bond film he's in? He's like more, more, kill, <laughs> more power, more, more power. With the uh, Duran Duran, oh, theme I love song. that song. I do too. Oh, Grace Jones a, is real good in that. Grace too. Jones is fucking amazing in that movie. Like she's she knows exactly what she needs to do and does it. Considering she's a model, she's fucking spot on in that movie. Um, but yeah, it's like a cross between that and oh, oh. there's something wrong with her pussy. Yep. Put your hand inside the puppet head. <laughs> Throw it. Throw it. <laughs> do we count the cat? Cats don't have souls. <laughs> well, you have a cat. I don't have a cat. So do we count that cat death? Mm. I don't think we do. I think we should really uh, yeah, concentrate on human death. Yeah, if there's not a grave. This is this is like bedtime reading for Tom Atkins right now. Three bit classic this is jazz as from Jack Jack. as he is. <laughs> yeah, this is a good time, day. This is when things are at their best. <laughs> so just looking at old crime scene photos. Oh, God damn. Look at his oh, phone. It's like, it's like something from the 50s. Oh, what was it? Right. So, yeah. The, the girl. The girl that got away. Uh, it's fucking amazing. 
Oh, Destrumming. I Destrum. My colleagues at work hate me. My wife hates me. Everyone hates me. I don't sing while I'm doing it, but I do Destrum. I, I like the I'm single, let's mingle bumper sticker, however. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty amazing. I have I have two of them. <laughs> Front and back bumpers. I don't want anyone to miss that message. I love the fact he's got, like, our main dude here has a picture on his desk of two women and what would I maybe class as risky outfits but by today's standards it's a bit too overclothed yeah it's you know it was a more innocent time the like wool I'm, budget on the fucking clothing in this movie should have been through the roof just all uh, woolen tops you just go to one gap I thought like I, I don't know all I know is Tom Atkins had his fan on in his house and these people are all walking. Everyone's walking around with body warmers on, cardigans and jumpers. Oh. Yeah, but I think there are even odds that the gas was on in Tom Atkins' apartment. <laughs> he was just trying to circulate it quicker. <laughs> right. Because we see that later. It's, <laughs> it's, we just didn't see it then. I think maybe yeah. we, you know, it's just implied. Uh, but yeah, so one of the classic, uh, moments in movies another one that i love to see in movies is when you have the character that like i know the truth about what's going on and i've got to convince the rest of you idiots yep and meanwhile we're gonna think they're gonna think you're crazy as you tell them um it's kind of the dracula thing right like it happens in most vampire movies you have that scene and um i like that i like those moments in movies yeah, you need that. You need you need the person to be with the audience. So you're the, the audience member trying to convince the people in the movie of something and it's it's an uphill struggle to convince them, but eventually they'll come around to it. Yeah, I'm a big fan, just as a, a, a writer myself, uh, of having at least one character, like if you're introducing something that's clearly crazy, um, having at least one character say like, you know, this is nuts or question it or something. Yeah. Because the audience is doing the same thing, and if every character goes along with it, then uh, I think it's trouble. Yeah, um, it's not a good story. <laughs> it's not how yeah. you write a story. Right. And and in this movie, you know, because Fred Decker's better than me, it's also doing <laughs> double duty uh, with like, oh, let me also make this scene about the romance as well. Mm-hmm. So you're doing all of that at once. And being economical with your scenes is what what we call that in the biz, Duncan. So you have one scene that's about 90 seconds long and it once more uh, propels the plot and characters in a way that's satisfying. So um, <laughs> screenwriting 101 here. That that janitor looked like me this morning. I was out drinking all yesterday with my work for Christmas and that is how I woke up this morning. Like a 75-year-old oh. possessed zombified Asian janitor. So you said I looked... I got to figure out a way for the alarm to just start an IV drip <laughs> so that I've had the equivalent of a cup of coffee mm. uh, prior to actually being awake. You never write graffiti in pencil. It's a bad idea because someone can rub it out or change I, it. I like to think that he was penciling before he inked. Like, <laughs> let me get this right. See how this looks. Is I before E except after C? I can't quite remember. 
You guys do that over there. Please tell me you do that over there. Oh, yeah. That's okay, then. I don't know. Sometimes Americans spell things wrong and it worries me. Wait, which one? <laughs> Favorite? Is that what you were convincing me of? No, the, the list goes on. You guys apparently have something against the letter U. And the letter uh, S, which you chain to Z for, for some reason. It becomes Z in quite a few occasions, which doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I, I mean, are are you asking me to explain the English language? I don't think I I, I got that kind of done, Duncan. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I don't think either of us are best placed to explain the English language on this <laughs> no. podcast after a few I mean, drinks. Uh-oh. I'm not I I'm not advocating the use of okay. unnecessary use. Like favorite <laughs> doesn't need a U. Favorite does need a U because the original word had a U in it, and Americans took it out. Right, because we were like, "What the? What's that you doing there? What if we take it out? How do you pronounce it?" What's worse Still is favorite. What was worse is fuck it, out. What was what's worse is your country is colonized by people from this side who knew it had a unit, and somewhere along the lines, things have been moved out. It's basically the beginning of tech speak. That's how I look at. It. You know how people spell like the your and tech speak is a U R. You don't need a Y O U. You know, like you just U R. That's enough. Yeah, I mean, that's basically how it starts. You take the U to favorite. That's a slippery slope. But you're advocating that, and that's bad English. <laughs> I I I do agree. But if you look at the original English being used in the actual Constitution, like there's a lot of unnecessary letters all over the place in that thing. So it's not like we did it day one. Like fuck you, England. Us are gone. It took time. We just, we had to get there. And what happened was we were like, look, to be distinct from England, what it, what is known about the English? They're kind of, they're kind of hoity-toity. Oh, right up the leg. Uh, That's never right good. up the leg. Yeah. Uh, never a good uh, idea. Oh, oh. Close your mouth. Close your mouth. Yeah. Sorry, JC. Um, what was I saying about the stupid English? Oh, yeah. So. Uh, yeah. So, but like day one, we weren't immediately jettisoning letters. It's just the nature of our country. It's that what our, our constitution is based on is revision. And we basically just looked at words over time and we're like, you know what? It sounds the same, no matter what letters we put here. So let's just put whatever, what the hell we want. But you change silly things like center, like a town center. How do you spell center? Uh, it's with the uh, T E R C E N T E R instead That's of the R E R E. Why? Oh, yeah. Why change that? Because it makes more like T E R. It makes no sense her. at all. You know, because T R E is tre. Yes. T E R is ter center, not centre. Right, right. But you are basically what you're doing right now is you're doing that thing which like Americans and Brits unfortunately do when they go abroad on holiday and as you like you do like kind of your version of someone else's language like hola senor one beer please and they're like excuse me because they don't like you've started it by by speaking correctly and then you've changed it oh oh, look at creepy crawlies classic spacey Fucking amazing. Oh. He's so amazing in this movie. Like, literally <laughs> one of my favourite performances in the 80s in any movie. Well, this is just pouring them hard liquor. Drink this. This scene is my favourite of the film, Duncan. It's amazing. And the reason is, 
And I can't believe we've never talked about this. We've never talked about this movie. It's weird. <laughs> the, the reason I love this scene so much is because once Tom Atkins goes into the let me tell you a story. Yeah. No matter what Chris says or Spanky says to him, <laughs> he's not hearing it. Yeah. And there's a great moment. Listen out for it later uh, where he says, you know what I did then Spanky? And Chris says, are you sure you should be telling me this? And his response is wrong. Yeah. It, it, he has gone away no matter what Chris said. Yeah. <laughs> that the response, he, he had already got, gotten Chris's response in his head. Didn't need the real words. Uh, I love everything about this moment. Um, and I, it, again, you know, one of those things I love in movies is this hard boiled character when they finally spill the beans and tell you their rugged backstory and stuff and why they're so nihilistic. Uh, and I think when he answered the door, Duncan, uh, I wasn't paying attention cause I was running my stupid mouth. Um, <laughs> I think he had to take duct tape off the door mm -hmm. and, uh, in a later scene, you see him turning gas off. Mm -hmm. So clearly this was his plan night last night on earth. Um, at the moment when Chris shows up. So, uh, already this guy's loaded for bear existentially <laughs> speaking where it's like, no matter what happens with this character, death is kind of the best thing for him. I kind of love movies that do that. They, there's small details in there that, that underlie a darker heart that you don't see if you're just casually watching something. And it's one of the reasons I love, like, even though I don't, I at some point I hate them because of fan theories, but certain fan theories that pop up every now and again that make me look at a movie completely differently, even though that I know they're silly. Um, that great one from uh, Planes, Trains and Automobiles, where the fan theory is that basically um, like John Candy has murdered his wife. Um <laughs> and that's what's in his case uh, like it's <laughs> just fucking great. it's actually like it's, it's fucking horrible but when you watch that movie you start to think it's true and it's not but as it's like a, it's such a slight detail but you're totally right it's it denotes that that character's like had a plan and that plan wasn't to be there in the morning yeah yeah, no, he's uh, the only thing keeping him alive right now is there's something he doesn't quite yeah, know yet. The case, yeah. Yeah. And and that's kind of the best detective character, right? Is the one that's like I'm just I'm emotionally checked out. I am uh, the the biggest asshole you're going to run across today, but at the end of the day there's something I need to know. Yeah. It's it's well I mentioned it a lot recently because I've just covered it for Opera Omnia, but it's Pacino and Heat Pacino has like he he's a terrible family man. He's like he terrible at relationships. He, he doesn't really get on with anyone. But the thrill of the hunt, you know, the thrill of trying to catch a criminal or someone that has done something wrong is what he lives for. He doesn't want to just live for that, but that's what he lives for. Um, and that's that character in a whole and like that's basically Tom Atkins in this one is that's the only thing keeping them here now. And when we say here, we mean like alive and still breathing. Yeah, on the physical plane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, love this. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the undead axe killer 
bounding up through the floor, man. Amazing. How, how can you go wrong? Sploosh. So all right. Like a sp- split cut for our head. That's all you need. This is why I don't understand the move away from practical effects. Because you don't need to spend like three seconds showing someone's head being split. You just need a split second shot of it and that is enough. It's all about editing. Quick cuts have ruined yeah. cinema, honestly. If you, if you have a movie full of quick cuts they have no impact, that's a quick cut works perfectly. Man, I mean, I don't want to alarm you, but we're almost an hour into this movie. This thing moves at a pace. Oh, yeah, I know. It's great. I movie. mean, yeah. Uh, like, in, it, well, to the point about quick editing, the whole idea was, well, you, you have to keep your audience engaged. And millennials only have the attention span of, you know, geese. So you have to keep things shiny and moving around. But I don't know, man. I don't know that that's the case. I think it's more pacing than editing. And, uh, I I would like, I think Sicario, I think is a good example of a movie that's really well paced. Yeah, definitely. Sicario is like one of the greatest examples of how to do like a a modern paced movie, which has a lot of excitement, a lot of action, but a lot of procedural stuff in it without losing the, the momentum of the movie. I mean, one of the biggest, I I keep saying that I keep some, I sometimes it sounds like I rag on modern horror movies and all the rest but in the last couple of years we've had The Babadook which is a very character driven slow paced movie which I thought was excellent and it did well, You know, a lot of people enjoyed it and it did well at the box office It Follows which is once again a very deliberately paced movie which done incredibly well at the box office, well with critics and then The Witch this year which is 100% a character study, a character piece deliberately paced Boom. Um, I like that gag. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, you know, and, and once again, it's, it's topping pretty much everyone else's lists. So whilst I constantly complain about this uh, this this move towards quick pay, quick cuts, quick pacing and all the rest, and lack of story or lack of character development, the movies that seem to top lists year on year are the ones that I am saying that we're no longer seeing. And that's a credit to horror fans because they're going out and checking those movies out. So, yeah, absolutely. I, and I, I think it's just you know pendulum swings. Yeah, I, I think we're moving back towards what I hope is sort of that trend of the seventies of like let's slow it down, let's do character pieces, stuff like that. I think yeah. we're starting to see that. It's oh, definitely look at this, Duncan. Through. I love it. I mean, look at him, badass. The like. So this is a combination. There's uh, some puppet work, some prosthetics work on an actor, and all edited edited together in a way that makes me just gloriously happy. Like Tom Atkins did not thing. jump that fence. You know what I mean? No, look like he did. Look at the light coming through the wounds. Uh, <laughs> that's some eighty oh. shit. That's great. That's some Catherine Bigelow near. Oh, look at that. Look at the camera work and everything. It's just great. Yeah. And just, oh, what the fuck? Yeah, that's not good. But, you know, from a character point of view, I love this moment of like him, the, the thing that has haunted him all these years coming face to face with it one last time. Yeah. Oh, 
Look at that. So much paint. Doesn't understand. What the fuck is going on? He doesn't know yet. But he's going to be awesome figuring it out. Toilet paper budget on this movie must have been huge. Yeah, but compared to the rest of the budget, no matter how big your toilet paper budget is, <laughs> yeah, like it's you, still... You're like, it's paper though, Duncan. It's not like practical effects. <laughs> right. We can get this retail and still be okay. Uh, oh, like slugs everywhere now. Ladies. Oh, 80s ladies makeup. Over the top. And that's how they walk about. They just do that, throw things at each other, rub their tits at hello. Yep, right, now you do the same, but slower. <laughs> yeah, and it's real 80s boobage. Yeah. Now you help her do it. I'm the director. And this is the, like, contrast it with the guy's one. It's all towel fights, Pepto-Bismol, like I shaving cream. There were like two or three dick shots mixed in there. <laughs> I was like, just like, hey, equal time. We're yeah, here like, for just everybody. Like, or, or just a guy turkey slapping his mate in the face <laughs> like that because that's the equivalent. Yeah, it's just some good old, you know, some, uh, horse play, yeah. they call it. 80 shades, man, honestly. Look at them. <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, nothing says cool than a pink bow tie, a pastel blue suit, a ruffled fucking shirt, black shades holding a coconut. You can blame your man, Michael Mann, for that shit. I love... No, I will have not a bad word said against me. That Miami Vice show did Uh, a lot of bad things for this country. Yeah. Yeah, it did. I I mean, it's a great show. But... but, You know what I love uh, is the fact that Don Johnson came out of that and became, like, legitimately one of my favorite modern actors. He's not great in Miami Vice at all. Um... And the fact that he has went on to do stuff like with Jim Mickle. Cold in July is brilliant. But even I was watching um, uh, Django Unchained recently. He's fucking amazing in that as the the leader of the Ku Klux Klan. That whole scene is fucking hilarious. But he's brilliant in it. Um, Duncan. Yeah. Don't cry. Don't do it, Bo. JC's not with us anymore. He's not been with us for about 2,000 years, Bob. <laughs> the to guy break I bring to has crutches. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I do love this scene, though. I, I love this moment where, you know, a character that I kind of liked anyway has this makes this really noble sacrifice to kill himself rather than spread the contagion. Yeah. Um. And and also drops in, you know, some handy exposition of like, hey, they don't like fire, by the way. Tell you that much. Also, I walked on my crippled legs like a puppy dog. Ah, oh, I think it's how he said it <laughs> in the movie. My big round doe eyes opened even wider <laughs> when I realized the bittersweet nature of my curse. My my most fervent dream to walk again was fulfilled, but at what cost? Yeah. At what cost? If anyone listens to the most recent episode of Duncan and Bo come to Westwood, listen to me, Teddy. Take me to the tea. Take me to the sea, Teddy. Oh, Can- Teddy. Hold <laughs> me in your arms, Teddy. Tell me you love me. That. That is the most ridiculous thing we did on that show. Yeah, I, I felt think. really that was like a dramatic <laughs> poignancy that we belittled it to a level which felt unjust. It was amazing. 
<laughs> it was really funny. Even as I was editing it, I, I was laughing pretty hard. Um, uh, boy, that was fun. Incidentally, if anyone's been watching Westworld, both myself and Bo did Duncan and Bo go to Westworld. We recovered all 10 episodes of the show. You should go and check it out. We had a blast fucking recording that. It was great. Um, that show, man, that show. I'd seen all the speculation since. I can't look at it, Duncan. It fucking gets me, like, visibly erect. So I need to watch what I'm doing. Oh, no. Oh, oh. Teddy. <laughs> oh, Teddy. Teddy. You split your forehead open on the furnace floor for me, Teddy. Oh, thank you, Teddy. You didn't make other slug zombies, Teddy. He took them all out. Watch up. You know, what more do you want out of your, you know, beta character that's not going to make it to the end of the movie? I love these guys. All these guys are just walking and wearing Spanx. (laughs) There's one in the background. Spanx for the win. Spanx for the memories. (laughs) Spanx. I say spank you for the... Nope, that's bad. Don't do it. (laughs) All I want to do is spank you. (laughs) I got to tell you, so so Cheryl Crow, uh, Duncan, (laughs) recently opened a restaurant here in Nashville. She is a resident here in Nashville, Tennessee. And Uh, the items on the menu... uh Uh-oh, hold on. I'll, I'll I'll get back to that in a second. Look at this. The dog is gonna puke a slug. Yeah, right in his mouth. Did uh-huh. she did she pave paradise and put up a parking lot? Uh, no. But what she did is she she named uh the items on the menu after songs of hers. Oh, that's so, kind of cheesy, but at the same time, kind of classy. Like that's uh, so hot, man. I haven't seen the menu, but. But she ought to hire me because I have a couple of good ones talking. <laughs> all right, get let us know. Let us know. Uh, it is uh, all I want to do is have some brunch. <laughs> <laughs> and the if it makes you happy meal. <laughs> Those are free, Miss Crow. I know you're listening. Those are free. It's because I respect you as an artist. Look at this, the duct tape around the door, Duncan. Yeah. He is checking out. He is. That's weird. <laughs> and he doesn't give a fuck. He's like, uh, he's like, I'm he's like, whistling. I've got my whiskey. I've got my lighter, which will kill me. Oh, motherfuckers playing with my happiness here. Guns uh, out. Nope, it's not. Right, what the fuck? Let me put it this way. Would you be comfortable chapping someone's door and then hearing the sound of duct tape being ripped away before that door opened? If if the encounters I had had previously had been the same that he has with Tom Atkins in this movie, I would not be alarmed by that. He's, I mean, I, I would be alarmed by that, but I would not be surprised by he's that. He's terrifying. <laughs> like, every story he has told yeah, me has made me question, like, look at that fucking, that's amazing. Uh, well, get back to this later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sleep. Yeah. Shotgun. Uh, all right. Yep. Turn it off. Yeah. Save that bill. <laughs> oh, Duncan, I love this character so much. It's fucking amazing. <laughs> it's like amazing. <laughs> I hate him. Look at him. He's cocky. Smell. I swear to God, happy. the dude in the middle there, that hair and everything could have been me in 1980. Fuck off. Yeah. 
that's not far <laughs> off. I'm not happy about that at all, but that's close. This guy looks like the the singer from well, the former singer from ACDC. Yeah. And I like the uh, large Marge eye bulge. Oh yeah. Tom Atkins just badge just show. Oh, and why not? Let's just lucky charm. Dick Miller. Oh, why Dick not? Dick Miller, any movie, every movie. And Tom Atkins in a scene discussing the handover of a flamethrower. Yeah. I it's like, your it's honor, like a dream. the defense rep. <laughs> What do you want out of your movie? Yeah. <laughs> I need great. your basic flamethrower. Oh, <laughs> 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 fine. Uh, I love this scene so much. He's got a fucking flamethrower line there because every police department has one. <laughs> right. Well, you got one, but you got to check it out. Yeah. And it's, it's like, like an old-fashioned flamethrower as well. It's like something from the fucking 40s. <laughs> right. It was the same flamethrower they used to fight the giant ants in them. <laughs> and I would not be stunned if it was. It probably is. <laughs> uh Oh, yes. Oh, how great is Dick Miller? Dick Miller's fucking amazing. I've started to watch his documentary. I've heard it's amazing. Yeah, I haven't either. I I, I really ought to. Uh, but, man, just always solid. And, and that scene with him and Tom Atkins is genuinely funny. Yeah. Uh, Did a lot of work with um, Joe Dante that I really like. Yeah. Yeah. Going to watch Gremlins. I've not watched Gremlins this year yet. I haven't either. I've been thinking about it myself. Yeah. Uh, it's been it's been a long time, actually. Yeah, I didn't watch uh, it last year either, which is is weird for me. I, I saw Krampus, and I kind of felt like like Krampus scratched that itch for me, mm-hmm. like kind of like Amblin horror itch. Yep, I agree. I think Krampus is real solid. Went to a uh, haunted house uh, last night that was Krampus themed. Really? Oh, yep. I stood here. That's how I looked this morning. I, I, I do like the fact that they kind of played this scene for laughs. Yeah, uh, so, you know, I'm like this guy is just such a non-entity that even when he's zombified, everybody's like, "Oh, that's just Brad." <laughs> it's Brad being Brad, crazy uh-huh. Brad. Oh, oh, when the mullet attacks, <laughs> zombie mullet. Like, that's a movie waiting to be made I, I think it's an asylum film already <laughs> that is a pretty solid mullet yeah, though yeah. But, but, that is <laughs> like, I, zombie mullet we, we need to come up with a catchphrase it needs to be a play on business up front party in the back so is it business up front attack at the back um, I don't know no bullshit though Duncan you look at that that guy in front the the one that with the, uh, the mullet mm. my sophomore year of high school Fully 30% of the male photographs in that yearbook are oh, going to yeah. look like that. Yeah. The mullet was huge. Yeah. A- a- alarmingly so. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> I 
Yeah, can we get to uh, They're so like Evil Dead. Yeah, I love about it. Well, we get to a pretty good plaster cast uh, of this head Mm. here in a second that just kind of vomits slugs. (laughs) (laughs) There it is. It's very full. Hey, buddy. Look at him. Little drool. (laughs) This could be Cemetery at the Gates, honestly. Look at it. Not Cemetery at the Gates. City of the Living Dead, sorry. Yeah. Boom. Yeah, yeah. Look at it. It fucking does not fuck around. If you're Tom Atkins, you do, it's like shoot first, ask questions later. <laughs> right. This looks like a situation that needs to be handled. Let me take care of this before I murder myself later. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like he's not worried about repercussions. The fuck he, does he care? Yeah, he's already in trouble. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's got- never going to stay in trial. He'll never survive it. Uh... <laughs> You know what? Uh, so I think a lot of Dead Alive actually yeah. uh, comes from the end of this movie. Yeah. And and all the better for it. I'm not not saying Peter Jackson is a thief or nothing. Oh, look at that. That's amazing. That's all right. Here it is. Here we go. Oh, <sighs> so fucking good. Uh, the, uh, the whole back half of this movie, like the back nine of this movie, just doesn't stop being awesome. It's just like the it's like a collection of the greatest things that have ever been filmed. Look, we um, haven't even gotten to the whirlwind of Tom Atkins just shooting the fuck out of the place for a oh, minute. Oh, it's gonna be amazing! <laughs> <laughs> yep. Here we go. That's the primary effect of this movie. Uh, is Head split <laughs> catches fire. I always like a, a nice dolly zoom in my movies, Duncan. I don't know how I know her. I know her from something. In the 80s as well. Don't know. Yeah. I... Yeah, it's kind of oh. it's Miller time. Oh. Oh. <laughs> It's like, oh, it's just like the, oh, it's just honestly, this movie, yeah, man. I'm just lean back at this point, circling my nipples slowly. <laughs> just letting it happen over there. Boom. Here it comes, Duncan. Yeah. Here we go. Get ready. To your time. Mm-hmm. Make sure you got a full chamber. We're going to need it. Come on, Tom. Uh-oh. Gotta fight <laughs> to survive. Need to get Just... home and kill myself. Uh... Oh, Here we go. That's girl. it. That's all he needs. Yep. Oh, it's time. Fuck you. Yeah. Mm. Oh, the shot's amazing. <laughs> You know, it really is the the little things in this movie, but just yeah, just those touches are just genius. Oh, come on! (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I like the fact that they can kind of just get away with those scleral lenses. Yeah. 
and and a little brief makeup, but it still works. It's just like, yeah. oh yeah, okay, those those things have slugs in their brains. That's disgusting. So when you watch this, you, you realize how much like movies like Slither borrow from this. Oh, Slither is almost a remake. Yeah. Slither's a fucking good movie, though. Really good movie. Absolutely is. But, I, you know, I, I don't think there's any question that James Gunn was tipping his hat. Yeah. He's like a, he's a proper fan of the genre as well, which makes a difference. So it's like Pretty a guy good doing head explosion. It, yeah, it's a guy doing it for the right reasons. You know what I mean? Like ticking all the boxes for something that he wants to do a modern retelling of but like understanding what makes the original so great as opposed to just cherry picking bits and bobs out of it yeah well just knowing that it's about the characters like in slither the nathan fillion character is just so much fun as well and um yeah it, i mean uh james gunn oh have, have you seen that guardians of the galaxy 2 trailer I have no. I I actually have. You know what? My opinion on comic book stuff I and all know, the rest. I, I thoroughly enjoyed Guardians of the Galaxy. I thought it was a really good movie. So that that trailer looks fucking delightful, man. It See, looks. They had me as soon as he said Kurt Russell was in it. I was like, yeah, yeah. that's you've you have me. I was going to go and see it anyway, but you had me totally one hundred percent hooked. They're, they're definitely leaning, I think, into the comedy uh, of that of that franchise. Um, of just having these characters kind of play off one another. Don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. I think it makes it stand out from the rest. Yeah. Some of that property is super serious now and and not in an enjoyable way for me. So if you're going to do some comedy on it, I'm happy to have something that's a bit more lighthearted. Oh, for sure. Like when I go to the movies, or especially like a dumb comic book movie, I want to have a good time. Yeah. And if a movie can give me that, then I'm A-OK with it. That's why I tend to be kind of in the bag for those Marvel movies is that I think they're just fun. Yeah. You know, they're not always great movies, but they're always fun movies. Um, and we we get around to the brains in the basement, Duncan. So brains whole train, in the basement. Whole train. Uh, in Sorry, the basement. I mean, look, yeah. Love this. Uh-huh. I'm so excited that you're seeing the the ending of this movie as God intended. The ending I actually prefer. I this is one of those images from when I was a kid that made me the way I am. Like when we get the light on the, not here, yeah. although this is great. Yeah. That in itself is terrifying. When there's a guy standing <laughs> yeah. with a can of gasoline with his tape ducked, you should be terrified. That pile of slugs yeah. is one of those things that when I saw it as a kid, I was like, I don't know what it is about that, but that is fantastic and I want more of that. Um, oh, look at, uh, oh. Like a badass. Mm-hmm. He's like, what? Yeah. I I swear to God, I think that made me pregnant just then. (laughs) (laughs) Do Atkins. Yep, just start counting down. That's all you got to do, buddy. Uh 
Uh, oh my god, Tom Atkins should be my dad. Honestly, I would have loved yeah. that. It's all you need. You don't have to have a heartfelt moment between them. Just oh. winking a nod. Yeah, winking an eye, and I would have been a better man. Honestly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I could have been Prime Minister with that wink, Bo. I could have been Prime Minister. Here we go. Oh, you're such a badass. Do it. Throw me. (sighs) Fucking amazing. Wow. Look at that. Just good old-fashioned practical fire effects. Yeah, no CGI necessary. Yeah. I'm told for this shit. And stop-motion effects of the pile of slugs. I think that looks great still. It's very re-Harryhausen. Just love it. Ah. Short of the rose, the rose that smelled, smelled the rose. Oh, just everything about So fucking smart. Such a fucking smart movie. It is it is so good, Duncan. Oh, it's too movie. good. <laughs> and, all right, all right. So now we're in ending territory because the, the, yeah. the theatrical ended with this kiss and then the dog interrupts them. She leans down and is like, what's the matter, boy? And vomits a slug mm-hmm. now we are in uncharted territory for you this is the ending you have not seen i have not seen this this is it feels a bit weird uh <laughs> that is one tom atkins what the fuck bo All right, so gag number one, but we're not done yet, Duncan. Because <laughs> there's a little more weird to throw on top of this. Basically becomes Return of the Living Dead, is that what you're telling me? Uh, Kind of, sort of. <laughs> but there's an additional element. Which is the aliens have done come back. Oh, what the fuck? Holy shit. Comb the desert. (laughs) Right. Yeah. All right, so that's it. That is the original intended ending to Night of the Creeps. What, what do you think? Badass, man. Yeah, I, I think that's cooler because it's even more nihilistic. <laughs> even more nihilistic, and it's even more Tom Atkins. How could you not like it? Yeah, of him just all gross, like 
reanimated walking around that i think that's fun and i like the fact that the aliens from the beginning come back that makes way more sense to me yeah yeah you're right it bookends it out oh there you go it's the first time i've ever seen that hopefully some of the the viewers and listeners i have checked out this version as well and they are seeing it for the first time as well special appearance by dick miller you're fucking goddamn right special appearance by dick miller um so yeah that was night of the creeps from 1986 how'd Bo- that uh, hold up for you duncan after eight or nine years really fucking well i love this movie man honestly like i said before the original plan last year i think was to do a double bill with night of the comet which is another movie that i think surprisingly holds up well um when was the last time you watched night of the comet uh, probably three or four years ago. What did you think? Uh, I thought it was great. I, I liked it a lot more watching it again than I did at the time I saw it. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, some movies, it's weird that some movies in the 80s go that way and other movies completely don't. They just age horribly and there are, you know, there are some out there that just become timeless. Night of the Creeps is certainly there. You know, it's like one of those movies which I think is just, it's a perfect balance of horror, comedy, and just 80s badassery. Like, in one nice, easy-to-swallow package. I mean, that commentary flew in. I genuinely feel like we started the movie about five minutes ago. That's how quick it flew in. Yeah. Um, uh, on the podcast under the stairs, what I like to do at the end of the commentaries is I like to to throw out. I, there's there will be no surprises here at all because I know exactly where we're coming down. But I like to throw out a bit of grading using the old Netflix grades of uh, one hated it, two didn't like it, three liked it, four really liked it, and five loved it. I'm coming in with a five, love it. Oh, you you'd be a fool not to. Yeah, it's a fucking great movie, and yeah. I I need to thank the Teapots listeners uh, for voting this one on the poll I mean there were other obvious choices that you could have went down and you guys were like no we want you guys to watch Night of the Creeps and I'm glad that you did because it's it's a fucking awesome movie if only they could all be like this Paul oh man I you know I and it's such a shame that Fred Decker hasn't directed more but it's also kind of wonderful yeah because you know like as we said like you know he didn't Almost do a Wes Craven, seven. is what you're telling me. He, did, he didn't, or, or George Romero, or a fucking Dario Argento, or on some level a John Carpenter, where he kept putting things out until they were no longer as impactful as this. Yeah, sums up the decade. It really does. It's one of these movies that sums up exactly the time of where it came out perfectly. Yeah, and I think because it's referential to the 50s the way it is, Oddly, I think that places it in the eighties in a in a, a a weirdly logical way. Yeah, because that was the time like you know Invaders from Mars was being remade. Uh, you know, Night of the Living Dead like on the tail end of it, but still, yeah, it was what ninety. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was like like you said earlier, the filmmakers who had grown up in the 50s watching these movies were now writing and directing yeah, horror they're, they're films. They're in their 30s at this point, so of course yeah. that totally makes sense. And, uh, yeah, so it's it, it's great. It, it moves well. Uh, the, the Tom Atkins performance at the center of this movie is... Amazing. I mean, uh, it's unbelievable how charismatic he is in this movie. And, um, and and I think it all works. You know, it like it still kind of freaks me out. Slugs going into your... 
you know mouth and making you go crazy is still scary. It's so. the wrath of can thing, isn't it? That that ear bug thing still fucking terrifies me. You know, I remember it terrified me the first time I saw it, and it still to this day terrifies me when I see that. There's something like this. There's a lizard brain reaction to to something like that, which just you know, as humans, we don't like that. Um, but uh, yeah, I think this movie's. I think it's fucking bitching. I, I totally agree with you. The fact that Fred Decker did what he did and then no more than what he did. Um, the fact that I'm wanting, I'm sitting here saying this guy could have went on and done other things is testament to that because there are plenty of directors who went on to do other things that I'm now like that they should stop. They should have stopped 10 years ago and they're still putting out movies. So I, I think it speaks volumes to that. I just think it's a, it's a really well written, really well acted, really well scripted Special effects are great, soundtracks bitching. It's it's just a whole package. And it feels effortless. It just feels like there's a lot of movies in the eighties that just feel effortless. It's just it, you know the I always think of movies like Monster Squad is also a great example of this where it's trying to do about three or four different things, but just the story just organically flows and it makes sense. There are plenty of movies that don't have that. Especially in this decade, and um, what you have on it, the creeps is something that just ticks all the boxes, just every box yeah. ticks it. It's a, it's a brilliant movie, just a brilliant movie. Yeah, it's just this bukake of of <laughs> genres, and and somehow it all <laughs> comes together. It all I'm comes sorry. together on someone's face. That's what you're saying, but I understand yeah. what you're saying. I understand. it pulls nicely <laughs> in a in a puddle of. <laughs> semen i don't know uh but no it's it i yeah like i said it's one of my favorite movies i think it it just never fails to please you know like no matter how many times i watch it i still think it's really good and funny and weird and uh and gross at times but has these like as an audience when you're watching a movie you want that fuck yeah kind of moment Mm -hmm. and this movie has like two or three of them where easy yeah, where it's just like that is the most incredibly awesomest thing that that character could have said at that moment, mm-hmm. and uh, and and it's also filled with the little touches, like you know the duct tape on the door and stuff like that. I just think is wonderful, and yeah, I love it. I love it. Everybody should love it. Yeah, definitely. Hopefully, you have watched this show goes out on Christmas Eve. The plan is that it goes out on Christmas Eve. Those people that are stressed, that have not wrapped presents, are doing last-minute Christmas shopping and coming home and are inches away from beating their children because that's how stressed they are about the holiday season, will sit and watch this and it takes the edge off. It's like a small nip of whiskey when you've had a bad day and it just takes the edge off it and it just feels great and warm. And hopefully you've enjoyed myself and Bo Ransdell talking you through some Night of the Creeps, which you guys selected the final movie choice of this listener December month 2016 for the podcast Under the Stairs. All that is left for me to do before I do my where you can check the podcast and all that blurb at the end is uh, once again, give the floor to Bo Ransdell to say, Bo, you do a lot. You're a very busy guy. Where can people check out what you do and what do you have coming up? Uh, legionpodcasts.com is where you can find uh, all the shows and all the stuff I do but this isn't about me Duncan (laughs) this is about the holiday (laughs) why are you laughing I I just want to say with all sincerity first of all I'm sorry I'm not the Baz (laughs) 
I apologize. I know people look forward to this every year, and you mm-hmm. got me, and I'm sorry. <laughs> Secondly, I do sincerely wish everyone the happiest of holidays, no matter how you celebrate it or whom you celebrate it with. Uh, I, I hope it, it is a wonderful uh, beginning uh, to a new year. So uh, best wishes from from me and Legion Podcast and everybody. It was very serious. That's nowhere I thought you were going. And now every, all my inappropriate jokes now are no longer applicable. Thanks for that, Bo. The script's out the window. <laughs> well, I felt like this show needed a little frosty on the muffin. The and I went on the with the, uh, the, the heartfelt, like, you know, let's bring the room down a little bit. Just Play some, end, maybe some light jazz in the background. Try to insert feelings into my podcast. Is that what you're telling me? I, you know, I, somebody had to do it. Somebody had to pop the cherry. And, and there is nothing more sensitive than saying that, Duncan. Um, so <laughs> I dare you to find a woman who does not find the loss of her virginity being referred to as popping the cherry as the most romantic thing they've ever oh, okay. heard. It is. Uh, it clearly is. In fact, in fact, when I meet any woman, when I when I first get introduced to them, the first question I ask them is when your cherry was popped. And I mean, that's not sexual harassment. That's no classy. It shows you're interested. <laughs> shows I'm interested. <laughs> Obvi- uh, obvi- obviously not. Clearly not. Clearly not. Um, <laughs> well, I'm going to try. Should, like. God, if it, honestly, if your wife does listen to this episode in particular, you're kind of fucked. I'm gone. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm homeless. Thanks very much, Bo. Out the uh, out the chimney. I'll be moving to Nashville. Uh, yeah. I mean, fine. Thanks, Bo. I was like, all this time we'd be like, yeah, whatever you want, man. There's a couch to crash on. And then when there could be potentially that need for a couch, you're just like, um, I'm That's busy visiting. that month. I'm, I'm busy that, that month. I'm I'm no longer in Nashville. See, when I said I was in America, that was a lie. That was. That's when you were talking visiting. If you're talking moving. <laughs> um, no, of course. Any, uh, you could always uh, come here. Um, I and I assume after this show, you probably will need to. By the sounds of things, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll look into plane tickets tonight. Um, so there is a multitude of ways that you can check out the podcast under the stairs. If you are checking us out through iTunes and you have not subscribed yet, please hit the subscribe button. You get access to not only all the current episodes as and when they drop on your iTunes feed, but you get access to the entire back catalogue of our shows, of which there are many. Three years worth, ladies and gentlemen. Almost show 100, which is insane. We are um, we're so close to that now, it's, it's ridiculous. Um, if you also check us out on iTunes, we would appreciate if you take a couple of seconds to leave us some feedback. It takes you no time at all takes a couple of minutes it's free it's something you can do ad hoc you don't even really need to pay that much attention to it and if it's five stars for example like all the feedback we've ever had for this podcast the more of them we get the higher up the the charts and itunes this show will be positioned for people that are randomly uh, trying to find podcasts or perusing will find us um and i like i always say in every show Word of mouth is key. If you have friends out there that listen to podcasts that are interested in horror um, or just getting into some horror podcasts, please recommend them the podcast under the stairs. 
We have a if Facebook. you hear something, say something. Yes, always. <laughs> uh, you can check us out on Stitcher Smart Radio. Check us out on SoundCloud, our website, teapotscast.com. Our Facebook group page, which I love more than a man should love a group page on Facebook, um, is facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash teapotscast. Baz, the Baz, is in charge of our twin prongs of social media sexiness on Twitter and Instagram. Both can be checked out at TputzCast. Um, send him horrible things. Trust me, he will send you more back. Um, and however gross you think you are, he will outdo you with ease. Um, so he will. You, you've, you've spoken to him. He's effortlessly gross. I, well. That's why I had to apologize for my appearance on this show because I can't match that. Did you think you elevated things as opposed to brought it down? No, I just made it more boring. <laughs> no, not at all. I think people that voted for this movie were, yeah, they were maybe looking for Baz. I think Baz would love this movie regardless. This has got Baz written all fucking over it. And trust me, there there may be a Night of the Creeps review with Baz somewhere down the line because <clears throat> having revisited this movie for the first time in many, many years, it just makes me realise how many years I've wasted not watching it. Um, and <laughs> how, much, how much wasted time? Yeah. I think that's an eagle song. <laughs> I'll tell you right now, that'll never happen again. Never happen again. I'll make sure that's just... That is on that's on the list every year. I fucking love this movie, man, honestly. Um... Yeah, so plenty of places to check us out. Please check us out. Can I say, kind of echoing what Bo said, because he's making me want to, he's, well, he's forcing me to say nice things now, which kind of doesn't sit well with me. But this is Christmas <laughs> Eve. For Stop laughing. Uh, <laughs> for everyone that has checked out the show this year, I can never thank you enough for spending a bit of time listening to myself talk and whoever the guest has been on the show. Bo has been on several shows this year. We have done a whole different show together. Um, and he's, like I say, he's a fucking awesome guy with some fantastic podcasts that you should be checking out. But at this, this stage now, the last episode of the podcast, Under the Stairs of 2016, can I wish you all a fantastic Christmas or holiday if you don't celebrate Christmas. Um, an amazing new year. Hope you uh, celebrate it Scottish style, which is uh, generally full of blank spots in your memory and full of regret. Um, as you welcome in another year where you know that things can only get better or worse. And if they get worse, there's always alcohol to get you through it. Um, but genuinely, thank you very much to everyone out there that has supported this podcast has raised our facebook group page numbers beyond 400 now that i've given us record my podcast this year has more than doubled the previous year in downloads not only has it more than doubled but it outmatched any estimate that i put like my highest level of estimate has been bested this year and that is because of you awesome guys out there checking my show out passing it around and doing and doing just Small things, even if it's just retweeting a tweet or or reposting on Facebook the the podcast, every little thing helps to what we do. Uh, hopefully, you guys have already checked out the poster design that I posted a few days ago, um, and you are all loving it as much as I do. And they will be on sale January sometime, so keep your eyes peeled for that one. Everyone needs a teapots poster. Uh, trust me, it will make your life happier. And with that. I would just like to turn it back over to Bo and say, Bo, would you like to say goodbye to the listeners, please? 
yeah uh thanks for, uh, again for having me uh duncan it's always a pleasure and now I, I i think we end the show the only way we can which is singing oh holy night as leonard cohen both of us <laughs> <laughs> oh holy night <laughs> stars so brightly shine voice of an angel boy <laughs> voice of an angel um, from myself um, thanks for checking out this Christmas Eve Christmas commentary of Night of the Creeps um, and I look forward to speaking to you all in 2017 wherever you are in the world whatever time zone it is and whatever you're up to right now please take care of yourselves and I look forward to speaking to every single last motherfucking one of you in 2017 this is Duncan McLeish broadcasting live legitimately from under the stairs right now um, and I'm signing off.